version 2.0 i am dan this is episode 132 jesse is slacker slacking slacker slack he's not here with us fortunately though he's doing something with like a silly electric car or uh it's all about priorities can we just give him a no fly we yeah Yeah. none of his flights count this week no fly no fly jesse's no fly of course you guys just heard justin and nick say hi guys what's up what's up so this week got a little bit of flying in this week yeah do tell you know uh let's start with the compass i was kind of bitching about that compass last week you have been is it in the garbage can no no and what i'm about to say pains me oh Uh oh oh I love uh, the I compass. I prefer Laurie's. <laughs> okay, here. Laurie's seasoning or maybe a little bit of Johnny's <laughs> on micro. <laughs> Let me start at the beginning. As you guys know from last week, that thing, what did I call it? A rattling turd and Jesse immediately took offense and stop it right there, Dan, something like that. I yep. think he actually shed a tear. <laughs> Couldn't couldn't figure it out. I mean, it was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, figured it was head tuning, you know. Jesse would like to tell you and convince you that I wasn't listening to his advice. I absolutely was to no avail. Ed gets on the phone with Pro Star Hobbies, and they talked him into. I mistakenly thought they talked him into buying a full set of MKS servos. That's the way Ed made it sound. But apparently, it was just a tail servo. What ah, was, okay. Did the heli come with servos when he bought it? Did. It did. It came with some MKS servos. The last we talked, I thought they sold them on an entire set. Yeah, and that's that's what I thought as well. That, and when I went to help him reset his heli up, I was looking around going, so where are all your other cool new servos that you paid an arm and a leg for? And he's like, oh, no, this, this is it. So, <laughs> first of all, let me congratulate Ed. He actually got the old servo out, got the new one in, got it all 90 away and ready to go. He was just a little, he just wanted me to double check everything he had done. And he Nice. Yeah, so he did great. I got to admit, though, I, I was convinced that this isn't going to fix the problem. I mean, I mean it's not going to fix the problem. And I kind of said, dude, they sold you on a bill of goods, man. They, they sold you expensive servos, and it's not going to make a bit of difference. And I agreed with you. Yeah. To the point where I told him, I said, I'm going to say something about it on the show tonight. This was last Friday. He's like, no, no, no. Give it. Let's give it a week. Before he's saying, Let's see if it fixes it. See if it first. fixes it. <laughs> okay, so I think it was Wednesday. 
he calls me at work and he says, hey, let's meet at the field. I think we're ready to maiden this this machine again. And I'm like, great, here we go. I get to go fly the rattling turd again, you know, and worry about smashing the shit out of it. Hmm. Well, we, uh, you know, took it up and I'll be goddamned if it wasn't smooth as silk. Really? Butter. Just like butter. Now, hold on a second. Like because butter, wait. No, it's not butter. I can't believe it's no butter. <laughs> oh, okay. You remember those commercials? I do, I do, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> I can't believe it's no butter. <laughs> it's not butter. That's horrible, dude. Right. <laughs> so, first of all, yeah. I can't believe it's the compass. How did it stop? I, I, you're telling me that it was shaking itself to death. Yes. And all you did was swap a tail servo. All it did was put a brand new tail servo in. All I did was double check his endpoints and then just go over what little bit of changes he had made to make sure everything was, in my opinion. And in the process of checking that, you didn't find that he had, you know, like was missing a link or hadn't screwed something down correctly. Nope. Dude, I'm telling you, swapping that servo out made all the difference in the world. That must have been a really bad servo. It, you know, I don't know. I... uh, I don't know, but you know, there's there's a little bit of tuning left to be done. Um, that that's a fast helicopter. It it wants to get up and go. I was pretty. Oh yeah, you yes, guys are it does. Be turning the head speed down. But here's the problem: we had three ranges of head speed: seventeen fifty, eighteen fifty, and nineteen fifty, and it did produce a bit of wobble at seventeen fifty. Eighteen fifty was like silk. Mm-hmm. Up, uh, what kind of wobble? Side to side or front to back? Uh, you know what? I didn't have time to really take a close look at at it because we were running out of battery pack, and I just went into seventeen fifty while I was bringing it into land. Okay, so I didn't get a conventional chance. head. No, it's got the DFC. It's got okay. the DFC with the green dampers. Green dampers. Yeah, that's about when that's about when most of them seem to develop a wobble. <laughs> So we're going to have to work on that. But, oh, man, Ed was just, he was so tickled because he was, you know, he was pretty depressed, I think. He's like, man, really? I got to deal with this helicopter that's horrible flying? Yeah. Well, probably. So did he fly it? No, he just wanted me to maiden it. We only had one. He's only got one battery pack for it. Oh, man. He's got a spider. He's got a spider stick pack. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, he's excited about that, too. So he wanted me to give a shout out to Adam Lasker uh, from ProStar RC because I I had convinced him that Adam sold him on a bill of goods. Turns out, <laughs> turns out Adam wow. actually knows what he's talking about a little bit and solved Ed's problem. <laughs> so, Sweet. Adam, thank you for doing my work and getting Ed's heli going again. I, I really do appreciate that. <laughs> as far as my flying goes, I got to, you know, I got my new... Kind of a setup with my helis. They're all out at uh, the field. I got a generator out there I keep at the field. And um, the weather's just been phenomenal. Monday through Friday. But guess what? Tomorrow, 44 degrees and snow. What? Yeah. It's been 65, 70 degrees Monday through Friday. You're getting snow in April? Dude, That's this is Montana. We could get snow in July. Yeah, but you just had 65 degree weather. Yeah, well, today it was damn near 70. And it's been that high... Most of the last half of the week. Oh, you know why? Man. It's the weekend. 
No, because yeah. that's that's your punishment for living in God's country <laughs> for making fun of the people at ProStar. <laughs> No, it is because it's the weekend, just like we said, the weather knows the weekend. And dude, I mean, I was looking at the forecast right before we started here, and I am not even exaggerating when I say it's going to be 65 and sunny on Monday. (laughs) What in the fuck? Now, is it it like 44 and snowing and it's like a 10% chance, or are they saying like you're going to get a couple of No, tomorrow we got like a 90% chance of rain. Sunday we've got a 40% chance of snow in the morning and 6% chance of rain in the afternoon. Oh, that's horrible. And 20 mile an hour winds. Oh, yeah. <sighs> wow. So you're going to be simming. What? What's this? What's this sim you speak of? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, here we go. He, you know, he was, he was doing really good for a while there, Nick. And then he kind of fell off the way. I did. I did. I, I, I totally let myself down, but I'm all right with that. I've been flying the multi-road. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's the wrong show. Sorry. Yeah, Woo. wrong show. Yeah. Oh, we don't record Almost that slipped. until tomorrow when Nick and I aren't here. <laughs> yeah. No one cares. I got <laughs> I got an icon put on a Goblin 500. Nice. Ready oh, to go. nice. Uh, Ready? Had a what, what were you swapping it from, Dan? Skookum. Okay. Skookum. So I got a question. Yes? How many Nitro flights you got this year? <sighs> Um, zero. Okay. What? What happened to the nitro? Let the jury be known that basically at this point, we are four months into this year. That is a third of the way through the year. Dan K. Reed has zero nitro flights. One could make the assumption that Dan K. Reed has officially switched from nitro Oh. To electric. Oh. By facts be known. All right. So now I get to lay out my case. My Excuses. defense. Not cases because facts belong in the jury of this court. All right. We've heard from the prosecution. <laughs> All right. Defendant, speak your case. Okay, here's the deal. I don't have any nitro stuff at the field. All right. I don't have any room in my car. I, Dude, I was had every intention... Of taking my trailer to the field last Saturday, and it was cold as shit. And um, objection. No, here's the uh, deal. Here's excuses. the deal. Excuses. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I went out to start my truck and nothing. Not a click. Not a nothing. I'm like, what the hell? So I was like, well, I'll pull my car around and I'll jump my truck. I open the hood, and the positive lead from the battery, mm-hmm. it's not even there. It's corroded away to dust. So I couldn't get my truck Interesting. Started. Lack of vehicle maintenance. <sighs> That's the truth. I mean, um, you know, one would think, Nick, being a mechanic and all, last year when you were helping me get my battery going, that you would have noticed that that was bad and you would have <laughs> said, dude, run down to the parts <laughs> store, grab a lead, and I'll slap that bad boy on there for you. I mean, come <laughs> on, dude. One could also say that after opening one's trailer and looking inside, one would go, wow, uh, his battery cable is the least of his problems. (laughs) Hey, that trailer rolls down the road just fine the way it is. With all that stuff in it. It doesn't move. That shit doesn't move. All that stuff on the counter makes it all the way from here to Othello without falling. Pack it in tight enough. Nothing has a place to move. 
Now look. So your positive battery lead was stolen by no, 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 by no, a ninja. No, it was stolen by corrosion, man. It's gone. I mean, it's gone, and it's gone for like the, like six inches of the lead is gone. I need to replace. The How hole. long has it been since you've driven your truck? Quite a while, because remember I got that ticket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I hadn't been going to the field very often because of the weather. I've been just taking my car. Um. So quite a while. Okay. Yeah, so Sounds it is like what it a is. A whole bunch of. <laughs> so <I'm, laughs> I can't get underneath my truck to, to replace that wire, so it goes down to the starter. I can't get down there. Nick, all I fear is head that, on over to Montana. Yeah, I'm gonna have to fly over there and fix your <laughs> truck so that you can redeem yourself and get some nitro flight. The nitro's ready to go. It's at the field. The nitro's at the field, but I didn't have any starting any equipment with me. I can't haul that. I can't I can't haul nitro to work with me and have it sitting out there in the parking lot all day. Uh why can't you? Dude, I can't because I can't trust the area that I'm have to park my shit in. Like you think someone is going to break into your car and steal just the nitro? No, they're going to steal whatever's in there, and if the nitro's in there, they're going to take that as well. Oh, I see. Got I it. would bring it in and put it in the fridge in the office. <laughs> yeah, that's going to go in a non-labeled the, container. The actual fuel, yeah, yeah that's, in a dude, that's going to go over container. great with a with a with an office full of women nurses. Well, what is this in the hey. refrigerator? Ooh, dude, I you try do it in your house. It. That's what you get yeah. for putting. All your you lips have to in. do is put a sticky note on there that says "Don't you know? Don't Dance. touch my drink." Or Don't dance. touch it. Yeah. And yeah, that'll be it. <laughs> You'll know. <laughs> yeah, I'll know when someone touches it because they'll die. Yeah, people <laughs> start dropping like flies. <laughs> My mouth is on fire. I thought this was punch. I thought this was fruit punch. Yeah, it is a punch. <laughs> so there is that. I do want to get the nitro flying. And, and um, uh, trust me, I am anxious to fly it. I It's ready to go. I just need to get in the air i'm a little bit disappointed <laughs> just saying sorry dude everybody's a little bit disappointed rob bingham is sending me hate mail well not really but he's giving me guff about it about not having the nitro I mean, flying pe- yet people from the uk are calling me and saying dude what's up with Man. that uh, look it'll be flying soon enough all right all right <laughs> so but i was able to fly most nights during the week Got some flying in on a Saturday. Um, I would have stayed longer, but I was relying on Ed's generator, and I couldn't couldn't really talk him into staying much longer because it was pretty damn cold. Gotcha. So do you want to know where I'm at with flights or what? Yes. Yes. Well, Ed says I get to count his twice because I've been wrenching on his helicopter, so I'm at 320. No. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Now, you're not counting the Ed Maiden flights where you hover it and then land it a minute I wasn't later, hovering it. You? I was flying it. All right. Dude, I was flying it. I flew a whole pack Okay. Out. All right. All right. 103. Not nice, bad. dude. Three digits. Triple digits. Yeah. Woot. And you got to look at it this way, too, Justin. Yes, sir. You need sir. to start being a little bit afraid because okay. you go back four weeks. And, yes. And where was I at? Like 15? Yep. I'm coming to get You're you, right. dude. Coming to okay. get you. I'm ready. So, yeah, that's my week in a nutshell. What I sense I a portabella coming around the corner. Portabella? A mushroom? 
You think I'm going to get smacked in the forehead with a, a mushroom? Big <laughs> mushroom. <laughs> little seasoning salt on that. Are you, are oh, you yeah. trying to tell me that Justin got a bunch of flights in this week? Smack. <laughs> Whack. It's like it's like a turnaround got hit with a rolled up newspaper. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Slow motion. You can hear it's like whoosh. <laughs> smack. Are you guys done yet? (laughs) Come on now. All right, Justin. In today's heli market, it can be a challenge to find a retailer that stocks a variety of different brands and parts, has great customer service, and boasts fast shipping. I can tell you that Rotary Wing RC has all of this and more. Finally, I feel like I found a place where I can get everything in one order and I'm confident that I'll get the shipment quickly so that I can get back in the air next weekend. You don't believe it, huh? Trust me. Go to www.rotarywingrc.com now and check out your new go-to online heli shop. Lay it on me, dude. Just give me the count first. You want the count first? I do want the count first. 152. You lying bastard. Yep. Really? How many I got flights 43 this week? flights this week. Oh, dude. Dude, dude. Screenshot or it never happened. It's right there, wow, man. dude. That's impressive. Man, what the hell? Did you quit your I've job? I've been pushing. No, I didn't quit my job. <laughs> Did you quit your job to get a, a set of compass blades? <laughs> man, I really want those blades, man. Dude, a bet's a bet. I'm quitting my job. <sighs> No, so, you know, this, the heli flying was really the only good thing that happened this week because work's been super crazy, but I got out on Sunday, probably for about four or so hours, didn't get a whole bunch in, I think 10 or 12, something like that. And then I flew most days during the week. I didn't get out on Wednesday. There were a couple of days where I wasn't able to get all five of my packs in, uh, during lunch and then after work. But today I went out at nine and I left the field at five thirty. So I was flying all day today and I got in something like 23 or 24 flights today, something like that. And get this, my, my Snohomish field, the club that I belong to finally opened back up today because everything's dried out and it's not muddy. Yeah. So I was flying down at 60 acres in the morning and then I see a Facebook post saying, oh, yeah, uh, you know, the field looks good. The president, Alex, says, go on and give it a try. So I said, screw it. I'm, I'm heading out there. And on my way there, because I have to pass my house to get to it, I figured I'd pick up the rave. Because I can't fly nitro at 60 acres. It's all electric. And I haven't touched the nitro since the field closed, which has been weeks now, probably close to a month. So went up to Snohomish for the afternoon, burnt three quarters of a gallon of nitro. Loving it. Oh, it Man. feels so good to get back to that freaking helicopter, dude. Dude, you just you just poured yourself a nice big old bowl. Make it happen soup. I'm trying, dude. I'm absolutely trying. Yeah, so got some nitro flying in, flew the 770, flew the T-Rex. That thing is still in tuning. Uh, 
<laughs> so, you know, we had some challenges last week with the whole theory that the new Align Bling was causing it to shake itself to death. Taking a step back and thinking about that for about 20 more seconds, I realize it's pretty stupid. And yet I still tried it. And with the normal skids and fin on there, it still shook itself. So went back home after the Sunday flying because I couldn't get the thing to stop shaking. Pulled it apart, looked at some stuff, and I noticed that the front torque tube gears in the boom block, there was, you know, like a 30 or 40 degree portion of the bevel gear that looked like it was a little rough. And when I started trying to spin it together, you could hear... You could hear a little bit of a grinding or a clicking, kind of like there was uneven gear mesh. So traded that out, flew it all this week. It definitely improved. Now, at low head speeds, it's the the tail's still a little waggy, but at higher head speeds, it's much better. In fact, it doesn't wag at all above about 18 or 1850 or so. So finally set off to start tuning it, and the head's tuned up great. But for whatever reason, dude, this tail, I'm chasing my tail. No <laughs> pun intended. You know, and so I put Edge 105s on it, and it was flying like crap. And I couldn't get the thing tuned the way I wanted it. The tail was all over the place. I talked to Nick, and Nick's like, oh, yeah, dude, no, I've had problems with 105s on the, on the DFC. You can't run 105s. I'm like, well, what do you mean I can't run 105s? It's got a high gear ratio. 105 should be perfectly fine. Trust me, dude. You just can't run 105s. No, it's so, not a can't. It's, it's a, just it, it had this weird acceleration thing off the start. It would bark the tail You can't run 105s without getting it to bark off the start. Yes, yeah. you're right. And that's exactly what my problem was. So I'm like, well, dude, that's an easy fix. Let me pop a set of 115s on there. So I, I went to the 115s. And it's better, but it's still not all there. It's still got a little bit of a bark. You know, I went through and did my standard tail tuning. The thing holds like a rock, but in really rapid load changes, it's got a little bit of barkiness. And what's got me confused is that it doesn't seem to tune or behave the same as my other helis on the tail. So I kind of had to go back to the drawing board and start over i'm getting there but it's not done yet it's not so bad that it's not flyable right it sounds that way because i'm exaggerating and frustrated but it flies perfectly fine and uh i'm able to fly it with the bling which is good nice. the thought had crossed my mind today while flying it when you get the thing skids towards you Let's just say you're you're in like a funnel, okay? Skids towards you, tail down, and the sun sort of shining at the heli. Those black Align 800 skids with like the red in there, it looks like the bat wing, dude. It does. You're such a dork. It does, dude. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's awesome. Huh. Huh. You don't you don't you don't see it, huh? I, I I would be more concerned about the funnel than the bat wing, but that's just me. Well, okay, I'm paying attention to the funnel hmm. every 180 degrees. I'm like bat wing, <laughs> bat wing, bat wing. Correction, 
Bat wing, bat wing, bat wing, bat wing. <laughs> Correction. <laughs> so anyway, uh, finishing up some flights on the speed. I got a lot of flying in on that guy. Like I said, I'm going to try to get that review closed out in the next couple of weeks. So I've got a few more settings to change. Um, at this point, I'm up to 14 degrees, 2400 RPM, and it's moving, man. I can now pretty consistently pull 115 to 125 mile an hour consistent passes. Some of them I can get up to 130s, although that's a little bit more rare. And what I think that really means is it's about my technique. But I've been playing a lot this week with technique, figuring out, you know, how to do it and how not to do it in terms of coming into the speed pass trying to minimize my altitude because what I learned from a competition standpoint is at least for Urcha speed cup, if your heli is above 400 feet for longer than two seconds, then that run that results from that stall turn is nullified. So I had been going up a little higher than that and uh, it makes a difference. It definitely makes a difference. So you know, dropping a couple hundred feet down to the sub 400 foot ceiling takes five or 10 miles an hour off the pass. And it really pushes you to focus more on the technique. But I'm feeling good. I think I'm learning a lot. I'm now at the point where, and like I said, I've been logging all this data. I have well over 350 speed passes under my belt. Uh, and I can see the improvement. But time will tell i can't think i might compete in urcha speed cup dude what do you think about that absolutely dude i cannot wait to see that thing at othello i can't wait to see that thing in action it's cool it's a trip man it really is it's awesome i i can't get enough of it between the sound and the speed it's just like ooh, do it again i'll race you with my raptor 30 let's do it dude absolutely for a set of compass blades <laughs> <laughs> kidding only kidding <laughs> you'd have to funny. race him with the goblin because you don't fly nitro anymore oh dude oh, oh why do you gotta pierce my soul like that <laughs> i even feel bad for him nick i gotta get him motivated and get this to happen somehow so if i gotta poke to make it happen then that's what i'll do that's fair that's a tough, friend for you right tough there. love is that what that is yeah yeah tough love. yeah 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 you got to do what you got to well, do. Screw you and your tough love. <laughs> <laughs> so, dual power lab. Anyone want to hear about that? The saga that? continues. The saga does continue, although it has uh, it has taken a positive slope towards resolution, betterness, but it's not there yet. Oh. I got in contact with FMA. Uh, they told me that, in fact, they have had several reports of this sort of thing happening lately. It seems to be some sort of a component in there that sometimes it just decides it's done, doesn't want to work anymore. Uh, it seems to be, at least based on what they've seen, related to the power-up sequence, which is interesting to me. Uh, because I don't think I've done anything different in terms of powering it up off of my power supplies. Nonetheless... I am sending it in. They gave me an RMA number and send it back to FMA and they will check it out and either fix it or provide a new one. He seemed pretty confident that he would be able to fix it. 
And from what I hear, the turnaround time on this is usually sort of a week or so, unless they're really bogged down. So hopefully I will have that back in a week. Now, in the interim, I was able to come up with a, a parallel charging board that I made pretty much myself so that I could actually get the full 40 amps worth of power out of the one side. And, you know, I'm pretty impressed. I'm charging at 36 amps, which is the limit that it'll allow at my 24 volts input. And I'm still parallel charging a 12S stick pack in like 10 to 12 minutes. So all is well on that. Cool. Yeah. I I think that's about it. It was a good week. 43 flights. Dude, I, I got to tell you, man, I, I was kind of... I was kind of counting that you would have a spring like you had last year. I was kind of counting on that. Well, <laughs> how about this? In 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 all fairness, this was my week with the Friday off, okay? So every other week, I get a whole day on Friday to get flights in. That's not going to happen next week. But the weather looks good this weekend, so <sighs> yeah. I'm going to get out either tomorrow or Sunday. And you're going to jump sure. even further ahead of me because I am not going to get any flying in this week. End. This weekend, yeah. right? But but next week you should. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you know what, though, Dan? Here's the thing. You got to get the nitro going. I know, I know. Because I know, I know, I know. even with the supercharging setup, I can bang out nitro flights quicker than I can electric. I mean, it's just back to back. And my generator's pissing out on me, too. The Yamaha? Yeah. Send it in, dude. You yeah. can't be doing that. And for, I mean, we're like a month away from Othello. I know. Last year I did the same thing. I waited and like, I was like, I took it to the Yamaha shop and I'm like, um, can you do your whatever you do to it? <laughs> and they were like, sure. I said, but here's a kicker. I need it done like Wednesday because I'm leaving. And you brought it in on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it got a little like unsure if they were going to get it done, but they did. They got it done in time. But I should probably do that. Damn it. But you know what? The thing that sucks is I have to get the nitro flying before I can do that. Yeah, or else you're completely screwed. Yeah, I'm because then you won't I'm, be able to. I'm charge resorting your back to jumper cables and charging off a car battery. Man, this is sounds like a whole bunch of procrastination. Nick, 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 Nick. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the rebuttal, but it was just. <laughs> you're right. Just got to do it. I just got to do it, and I will. I'll get it done. <laughs> Sometime. So is that uh, does that sum up your week, dude? Sounds like you had a good yep. week. I'm good to go. That, li- that leaves uh, Nick. Yeah, I don't really give a shit. Do you care what Nick did this week? I know. I was waiting for Nick the. <laughs> I thought he was going to throw that in too, dude. Oh, Nick, yep. Nick the Dick. Nick yeah, the Dick. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> Nick, Wouldn't be the first time. Nick the tough love Dick. How's yeah. That? Doesn't really roll uh, off the tongue. So what's ha- what happened? I, ha- I had a really good uh, last weekend. Was awesome. I got in twenty two flights on Sunday. Ooh! I got in one of those days where um, I was out at the field for the you know fair part of the day with no one there, none generator. I didn't even there. I didn't even turn it on eco throttle. <laughs> it was just wide open, <laughs> grunting and charging the whole time. Yeah, I think I remember getting a text while I was at the field with many people from Nick saying, oh, look, 
someone just showed up at my field after three hours. Yep. And I was like, damn you. Oh, I was just flying and tuning and flying and tuning and having a grand old time. Weather was good. It was it was great. I can't complain. I flew at 22. I was getting to the point where I was kind of done. Yeah, it wasn't being pr- productive. It's a anymore. lot of flights in one day. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I knew my wife and my son were coming back around that time. And I was like, ah, I could probably push it, get a little more, but. I'll stay in the good graces and, and get get home while I can. <laughs> um, so I did that, came home, and got I got the blade, uh, the torque tube gears back in the blade, and kind of spent this week a little bit. And I say a little bit. I didn't get a ton of time getting the 700X tuned in on the mini V-bar because, um, like everyone knows, I've been flying V-bar on the MD. With pretty good results. It's been different. Took a little, you know, took a some to get used to how to tune it. It definitely tunes a lot different. But I was able to to bridge, you know, kind of bridge the gap in between the way the icon and the V-bar feels. And, and I really learned a lot. Uh, what I also learned from tuning the V-bar on the 700X is that I can't stand V-bar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it you know the cyclic is it's not it's very different in stock form. It's very soft, I'll call it. Um, anti stock form. You mean just yeah? I mean, put it on the slider. You know where it says default. for that. Yeah, default. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's very kind of rigid. Even down, you know, even down. Uh, I ended up flying both of them with the agility slider all the way at vivid. I mean, just down on the bottom. Boom. Drop it. And it still just wasn't quite there. Got the paddle sim up to about 30. Mm-hmm. And now now we were feeling pretty good. That wasn't too bad. I mean, that really did. And there was there was just something about it that I really liked, though. And it was the way that V-Bar handles the cyclic stops that I knew right away, um, okay, this that part of it is better than I had experienced on the Icon. And it's one of those where you didn't really think about it until you flew something else that flew differently. But, man, there is nothing out there worth taking the time and going through the pain in the ass that it is to tune the V-bar tail. It is just dumb. I mean, <laughs> dumb. That's just that's the best way that I can put it. Huh. I, you know, I... I, I stripped a set of torque tube gears on the first punch out on the 700 X. Oh man. Yeah. Now, you know, and in hindsight, I should have known that that heli has a lot of mechanical gain in its setup. I run the icon, um, the tail gain quite low on it. So I should have started out with it a lot lower than I did. But you know, I, I put a fair amount of flights on it through the week and I just fought it. I fought it. I fought it. Uh, it, it just had a really nasty wag that was uh, under load that I was having a hard time tuning out. And really, I mean, you know, I think I got in probably 10 more flights through the week. And at the end, I I just was like, wow, I've I've gotten somewhere, but nowhere even close. Almost to the point where I was beginning to doubt that the heli might have a mechanical problem. 
like maybe when I swapped out the torque tube gears, something, you know, I missed something or, or it did something else. So Thursday night, uh, I came back in and put an icon back on it. I was like, all right, we got to solve this once and for all. Loaded up my settings that I had before, made a couple small adjustments, went right out and just beat the tar out of it on the first flight. Uh-oh. So it wasn't a mechanical problem. No, no. And it was like normal tail gain. That thing had very little tuning done on the tail, which did. So I'm, I mean, you know, in a nutshell, I am. I, I just don't feel the need to fly V-bar. I'm very, very glad that I did because, wow, you want to talk about learn a lot. There's just some things about the V-bar that is what makes it V-bar and has what kept it you know, ahead of the game for so long. The tail is so linear the way that it flies. It's very difficult to get tuned, but once you get it tuned, it's exceptional. I mean, it really is. And the Icon was very, very, very close right off the bat. But I, I, I'm not quite sure if it's a case of um, it was close enough, so I just left it and flew it. But I can see that it's not quite as linear as the V-bar. Um the cyclic, I was able to go back and tune the blade, take a little bit of the agility out, uh, increase the head gain, and then mess with the D gain a little bit on the elevator. And I really did get the stops way better on the blade and didn't sacrifice anything else. So I kind of got I got out of V-bar what I wanted on the cyclic, but then was still able to maintain that that just amazing connectedness and flow that the icons got that I really like. Um, so now See, I'm going to switch blows over. my mind, man. It's yeah, like, it, it has V bar fallen. I don't, you know, I think it's just helis are so different now. You know what I mean? They're just so completely different with the mechanics and you just, a 700 is not a 700 anymore. No, I mean, that like is the, true. The They're compass not is all running, lines. You know, no, and they're not all logos, and I right. think that's the big thing. They're not all logos, and you know, the like the compass is running uh, the seven HV. What is that like a four point nine? Yeah, four point eight, four point nine, really um, high tail ratio, right? And then you go over to the blade that's at a four point three or the Raptor. That's 4.29. a huge difference. So those, you know, it, it just takes the V bar and just flips it out. I mean, it just flips out, and it's a nightmare to tune. Um, there are helis that are just plug-and-play on V-Bar, and then there are other It's helis. just you don't own any of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't own any of those, apparently, because it wasn't near as bad to tune on the MD. I mean, it wasn't. If I left everything the way that it was stock and went right out, and it was way better than what well, I experienced here. And for the record, my limited experience with the Icon was that its defaults are really spot on. At least for a 700 class heli, you you can set it up, go out there and it flies pretty damn good. Yeah. Without touching a thing. There there's definitely V-bar's never ever 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 been that way for me. No, not on the tail. The cyclic has been I mean, not now even that's on one the cyclic. Thing. Oh, see, the cyclic for me, and that's one thing I noticed and I'm going to dig into on the icon. There's kind of a, you know, Justin and I were talking about this. There's a heading hold eye gain thing kind of going on where uh, the icon tends to get 
very sensitive on the elevator in high speed. And I want to see if I can tune that out. So, like, you're coming around in a backwards inverted hurricane, and, you know, you've got full collective, you know, 13 degrees in that thing, and it's coming around just any little bit too much on the elevator, and that thing will pull and tuck in, uh, like, over-tuck big time. So I'm going to see if I can't tune some of that out. My guess is that it has to do with the head gain only like when you're just adjusting the head gain as, you know, like the main gain or whatever, my guess is that it's because Icon chose for some reason to have it only adjust the P gain. Mm-hmm. So you need to get in and adjust the I. But that's what I'm going to do this week and just fly and enjoy. I kind of have a cool situation tomorrow. This, this is pretty neat. We've got, uh, I've got a listener coming up. From the show that's like, it lives like two hours south. Sweet. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, we got in contact. Um, older gentleman, just digging it. And this guy, he's, you know, he sounds like my favorite kind of person to help. He's watched all the videos, watched every, everything that he possibly could. Um, and he's just, it's just too much to suck in. All at once. And he's taking his time. He's done it right. We're going to work on a T-Rex 450. He's got, I think he said a 14 SG. Sweet, um, dude. Took off the 3GX, put, you know, put an icon on there, but he's just up against like everything new all at once. Like what's the difference between S-Bus and S-Bus 2 and where do I plug this in and holy cow, how do I, you know. Has he flown radio? before or is oh this his gosh. first heli, Nick? Yeah. First, uh, you know, bigger one, we'll call it. Okay. I guess as, as bigger as a 450 is. That's so, yeah, awesome. He's going to make the trek up, and we're going to hang out at home and go through everything and then get it all set up and shoot, run out to the field and fly. He's never, he's never seen a large heli fly. Nice. Ever. Oh. He's in for a treat. Oh, oh yeah. Man. I know. I I almost envy that. Yeah. Because it's just it's it's so cool. I mean, it is. Yeah. That's funny you mentioned that. That's awesome. I actually have a listener that's going to be coming down to fly with me next uh I think on the 19th, which I think is Saturday. Nice. Jack. Awesome. Is coming down. Jack Brecko. Brecko. Oh, Brecko. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I he's think, the one that won the seventy two hundred BX, right? That's right. Yep, he's no stranger nice. to big helis, though. I think he's got an eight hundred. Yes, yes, he does. He does. <laughs> so, but he's never yeah, seen but, a nitro fly. Oh, there oh, you go. Pressure's on. Good. Make it happen. <laughs> Get it going. Yeah. So past that, um, I think I am just going to. Wow, well, working on getting the MD review wrapped up. I've. I've pretty much got enough flights now. This um, tomorrow, you know, when we get out and fly in this weekend, then I can definitely solidify the 700 XF, the 535 G3 review. That will be easily be able to wrap up. So we'll get that out to you guys here soon. Uh, man, I think. God, I think that's it. I'm putting my transmitters up for oh, sale. I was just going to bust you, man. I was waiting for yep. you to say something. Yeah, what the hell I is that all about? What are you doing? I haven't pushed it, honestly. I haven't. I mean, I put a 
post up on Facebook, just kind of throwing it up there. Got you know, got more heckling than actual. People <laughs> I was gonna say, there. dude. Within like ten minutes, people were like, "What next? Jetty Gropner? Yeah, yeah." So I Jr. <laughs> Those are probably going to have to get put on Run Rider and RC groups, and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, hopefully I'll get those sold. But uh, I got to play my, you know, you got to man, getting rid of a transmitter is not an easy thing because you got to play it. your cards right, timing right. That's right. Mom would be real pissed if I had a new transmitter show, <laughs> show up and still had these sitting here. Okay, let out with it. What what are we getting? I'm not telling. You're not telling. Nope. Dude. Nope. I know what he's getting. He can't do that, can he, Dan? I know what he's getting. Oh, you do? Yeah. What? Well, if he doesn't want to tell you, I'm not going to tell you. Man, I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) Killing me. Just have to wait and see. All right. We will see. I think that's it. That's it? Where are you at? Flight count? Uh, 165. Dude. Justin's like right behind you. I know. Yeah. God damn it. Jesse's at, I think Jesse's at 180. I'm about 15. I I will catch Jesse this weekend. Yeah, because he's still not, he won't fly at all this weekend, will he? By the time, yep. By the time the listeners hear this, I will be in first place. Hmm. Probably the only time this year I'll be able to say that. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Uh, dude, if Jesse's at 180, I'm only 30 flights away from him. I know, man. <laughs> I suck. Dan just beat a little bit. I suck. I know it'll never happen, but if I am so fortunate to be able to get in enough flights to beat Jesse by even one flight for one 24-hour period. It's not going to happen. He will never hear the end of you it. You know what I'm actually worried about? He is going to come back. With a vengeance. Oh, yeah, dude. Destroy us. Yep. be like, oh, I got 150 flights in this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already heard. I mean, once he's out of school, it's over. Yeah, he'll have every day after work, you know. And then Friday, bit. Saturday, Friday. and Sunday. Yeah. Yep, because he's only working Monday through Thursday. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, screwed. We're done. No way. By our fun fly, he's going to have, like, 500 flights in dude don't don't put it past me though i'll talk to kayla and i don't know i'll figure something (laughs) oh yeah sabotage you guys suck you know i'm starting to regret making that bet why do i do that i always lose bets you guys (laughs) dude it's not over yet well because last year you destroyed us i don't think you did i don't think i got i don't think i beat jesse last year I wish we would have counted last year, but I don't think I beat Jesse. You sure, dude? You burnt like I did. I burnt eighteen cases no, of nitro. Twenty-four cases. Twenty-four <laughs> cases of nitro. But that's that's not a. I mean, that sounds like a lot. But I mean, Jesse guessed that he got in like a thousand. What did he say? Like, did he say he got over yeah. a thousand? I thought he wasn't no, sure. I don't think so. I don't think he got over a thousand. He said it. Is he lying to us? I mean, close, but I don't think he got over. So let's do the math. What do we get out of a gallon? We get what? Eight flights out of a gallon? Seven, eight flights? Seven, eight flights. What is the math let's, there, rocket scientist? Let's say set, that's, uh, okay, 24 cases 
four gallons per case that you burned 96 gallons of nitro. Let's stop at that math for a second <laughs> and reflect. Holy crap. Okay. And then seven per gallon. That's 672 flights. And you dude. might throw in maybe 50 electric flights. That's not a lot. You, you think so? Yeah. Because I got, so, I got the goblin. You, still, like, you broke 700. I'm just guessing on the electric because I got the goblin. You know, I had it at Snohomish. So I had it from, yeah, 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 50 or so. Sure. I'm not, I mean, that. Good. That's still really good, man. Yeah, I don't see myself getting yeah you didn't beat jesse but i mean how many flights did you get last year nick not a clue you think you beat dan you got over 700 i would i would think that i'd be right in there just right right about there i wouldn't i don't think i'd say that i had more than that Hmm. huh well we know justin didn't because he had like six months of disaster oh no way dude i i (laughs) i did not count but my guess is i probably didn't get any more than 300 flights in last year which is just horrible all righty well jesse's not here so screw you jesse i hope you're having fun with your little rc car 2d (laughs) actually that's probably a pretty cool project i shouldn't call it his little rc car sorry dude i apologize see that's me apologizing doesn't happen very often good for you dan maybe we should do some news huh yeah let's just do So I'm out at the field after a minor little ground incident with my DFC, and I get that, God, that horrible gut-wrenching feeling of a screw pulling the threads from that oh-so-soft aluminum on my one-way hub. Well, luckily, KDE has a solution for this with an upgraded stainless steel hub for the T-Rex 700 series. I slap that hub in, cranked the screws down, and was up flying again in no time. If you've experienced that crappy parts blues, head over to KDE and spoil yourself. Alrighty, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do we got for news this week, Nick? Oh, we got some build pictures going on. Of can you believe this? I don't oh believe my it. Gosh, the Mostro. No, they built that one kit they have, and then they disassembled it, put it back in the box, and sent it to Leon Luke. There are more. The team pilots are getting them. Okay, now that doesn't count, though. No, are but you I, I, sure that these are Mostro build picks or are these Goblin build picks? <laughs> <laughs> Because there is a striking similarity, and I should know, because I'm the goblin guy. You are a goblin guy. Yeah. Huh. That's a good question. There are some striking resemblances on some of this. Dare we say it? To the point where... Yeah. use the C word? No. It's not a clone. No, 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 no. No, they it's just definitely didn't get not all that clone. creative. It's just they, yeah. Hmm. They thought inside the box. <laughs> yes. Inside a very little box. Yeah, with thick walls. An SAB heli division box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have some, well, you know, I think I'd mentioned this. We have good and unfortunate bad news. 
Good news is Spartan V3 firmware is out. I know we mentioned that, but a lot of people are downloading it. Seems to, I'm hearing a lot of very positive things about the cyclic on it. Obviously, the Spartan tail is, you know, second People to have none. been waiting for this for a while. Yeah, definitely. The bad news, no electric gov. Oh, what? no. Yep. What happened? Yep. Huh. I don't know. So, alas. So, V4? I, I, I'm I guessing, yeah. So, what is the... Do, do they have, like, a a changes list? I didn't see one. It's just they they promoted the tar out of it, and it's the big push is the cyclic. It's just that much better, I guess. Just that much better. Hmm. And every, I mean, I have heard a lot of positive things. A lot. And there are a ton of people giving this a shot. But they're all in Florida. No no, 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 no. This is all over the place. I was surprised. This has not turned into a regional fanboy type thing. Hmm. There I mean, it's actually getting popular. That's which is weird. I never would have guessed that when it came out originally, you know, that it would be popular. But it's getting popular now. Now Got I heard it. there there was a a new feature that came in V3. It's a very interesting feature. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I happened to see a photo from our friend Courtney on Facebook of the little Spartan datapod and in the flight style menu there is a Bert K flight style. <laughs> yeah. And it is after the 3D flight style. Which is, it's very fitting. So, Mr. Camera has his own flight style <laughs> named after him in the in the Vortex. <laughs> that is awesome. You know, I actually, I have a little bit of a confession to make. I, they had my flight style in there. Did they? They did. The Nick L. Yeah, but see, they were, they were getting complaints. Mm-hmm. Because it would trigger, it, it was it was like Ninja, right? It was perfectly normal, and you were like, wow, this flight's really good, nice and locked in and everything. And then if you tried to do a pyro reversal during a pyro flip, mm -hmm. it would, like, freak out and continue pyroing and just crash. <laughs> oh, okay, I <laughs> and see. And that was my special move. <laughs> You know, it, the timing would get thrown way off in the <laughs> reversal, and it would drive itself in. But uh, you know, it didn't. It just didn't take off like we had hoped. Yeah, Angelo's pulled that at the last minute, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We decided it's not for everyone. Well, I'll, maybe V four one dude. just you, for me. The Nick L and the Electric Governor coming yes. in V four, please. <laughs> yeah. So now this is pretty cool, uh, Gowie has announced this is i think the one that we were waiting for this is called the gowie t10 10 cc two-stroke gasoline engine and custom pipe for your nx4 this is the little bad boy that they were running in there oh uh dude this is awesome looking dude look at the head on that i know it's like a little work of art it looks, seriously, it looks like a 30. I don't even, there's very little 
to no difference between a little 30 size nitro looking motor. Man, they are just killing it. So, the so then the idea is normal muffler. this is going to be you basically it's a plug and play with your current nitro NX4. My guess is all you have to do is swap out what the fuel lines. Yeah, probably wow. the fuel line. Maybe I mean, but I thought that we had news that said that they were doing an NX4 gasser. Well, so it's not really an NX4 gasser. It's just a NX4 with a gas motor. Yeah, and, and maybe they'll offer that as a package straight out of the get go. You know, but I, I mean, geez, dude, this is. I'm it's actually, really cool, man. Uh, oh, God. Um, no, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> I'm not dogging this one. How about that? Huh. For once, Nick does not have anything negative to say about this. Well, and it says, how about 8 to 10 minutes of hard 3D flight time? If that's really true and that's not just an advertising tactic, then this could be huge. It looks like it had more power as well. I want one. I know I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold out. Um, I am going to hold out until they come out with. Uh, you know, I might compromise on this one and, and say something to put in a 550. Give me a gas or 550. Hmm. I like the I like the idea of that. You know why? That could because work. We're talking about practice helis, right? Yep. And and 550 is a size that fits a lot more conveniently in in you know a regular car than a 700. And can you just imagine literally having like a a little a quart of gas? Not even a quart. You could have a pint and be able to go in and get your flights in. Oh, yeah, dude. You'd probably be able to get like 10, 15 minute flights, if not more. Mm hmm. Yeah. We'll be pretty see where cool. They take it. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I was mocking it at first, but I'm thinking that it's going to be a little better than, than initially anticipated. Uh, air competition entries now open. That's over. That's a UK one, correct? Yep. It yep. is. Yep. So get over there. Get your entry. UK in. residents only. Oh, it's UK only? That's what it says. Ooh. If you click on the link, it goes to Air 2014 pilot entry. And it says entry requirement, sport pilots. You need a BMFA A test. I remember Rachel talking about this. I don't know the yeah. details. Advanced and pro pilots, BMFA B test. And then it says UK resident only. Nice. That's cool. So I there you go. I think that's really neat. Yeah. A little, lo little local love. Right on. Um, we also want to give a shout out um, to and let everyone know uh, there's a cool kind of there's a cool show going on. It's called Rotors. Uh, it's a it's like a video podcast is that what we would call yeah, it a video cast or a video cast yeah, video yeah. cast there we go uh they're on they're coming up on episode number three they're doing it what once a month 
they've had some cool guests on. You know, George, uh, George from Scorpion. Oh, man. Um, who else was on? Bobby Watts was on there, yeah, I do Bobby. believe. Uh, coming up. What do they got coming up this time? Uh, Alan Ashley, Bryan from KDS USA. Yep. Ashley Davis, formerly of T-Rex Tuning. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, guys, we can't. Best of luck to you. I, for anyone to say that that we can, you know, would not support anything cool in this hobby is just foolish. We think it's awesome. Um, they're doing a great job. Check it out. There's so many hours in the day. I would not want to hear myself talk all day long. That's for sure. <laughs> I got to so, admit, I got to. Um, I have a. Here's the. I actually have been watching it, and um, it it comes on for us, and I'm in Mountain Time. At roughly 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Of course, I'm at work. <laughs> so I've been grabbing my phone and putting the earbuds in. I can't really like focus on it and watch it, but I've been listening to it. Pretty impressed. Mm-hmm. They're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Keep up the good words, guys, and, and go check it out. You know, just uh, got to show that support, especially for the little guys. Everyone starts start somewhere. And that's all I got for the news. Justin, do you have any news? I don't think I have any news. I have some news. Do it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. No, no, no. This is serious. On a serious note, I've got an RC Fly legislative update. Oh, oh, yeah. oh cool. Dealing with a couple states, Wisconsin and Kansas. Here we go. Uh, Wisconsin gets it right. On April 8th, Governor Walker of Wisconsin signed Senate Bill 196 into law as Wisconsin Act 213. The purpose of this new law is for a drone is defined as a powered aerial vehicle that carries or is equipped with a device in analog or digital or other form, gathers, records, transmits a sound or an image that does not carry a human operator, uses aerodynamic forces, to provide vehicle lift and can fly autonomously or be piloted remotely. The new law goes on to say that whoever uses a drone with the intent to photograph, record, or otherwise observe another individual in a place or location where that individual has reasonable expectation of privacy is guilty of a Class A misdemeanor. The strength of state's peeping Tom laws uh, to include the use of unmanned aerial vehicles without needless addition of new regulations that regulate hobby aircraft is uh, exactly the type of legislation that RC Fly supports. In Kansas, a new recently introduced bill might be a little problematic for hobbyists. Senate Bill 409 prohibits the use of unmanned aerial vehicles whether or not they are equipped with image capture abilities. The bill would exempt hobbyists flying over public land, land owned by the hobbyists or other land with permission from the landowner. The law also exempts the incidental operation over neighboring land and unintentional capture of images or data as long as the images or data are not shared or disclosed in a harmful manner. Senate Bill 409, like many other well-intentioned privacy bills, is clearly aimed at camera and video carrying aircraft. And like many other bills we've seen, the authors clearly didn't intend to include all hobby aircraft. RC Fly will be submitting testimony in Kansas uh, legislature an attempt to include model aircraft as defined by the FAA's Modernization and Reform Act of 2012. 
in the bill's uh, list of exemptions. Very interesting. Hmm. So I just want to end this with if we have listeners out there that are interested in following legislation, uh, they can uh, potent- that can potentially affect aircraft uh, hobby in their state. Uh, they're encouraged to follow uh, RC Fly on Facebook. Listeners also interested in participating in their state's legislative process should go to rcfly.org to find out what they can do to help. Great group of guys over there. They're paying close attention to all states, and they are submitting testimony when they can and engaging with lawmakers on a personal level and in formal uh, events as well to just help where they can. So good good group of guys. Shaking hands and kissing babies. (laughs) All righty. There's, let's see. I'm kind of excited about, you know, it's, it's tough to get excited about a commercial, but I, I think I want to, I think I want to share this in the news. You guys okay with this? Okay. <laughs> sure. You could kind of do what you want. So, <laughs> What I'm going to do here, first of all, let me set this up. This is, uh, uh, first I want to say thanks to Ken Solois for kind of giving me a hand with this, but we, we got together and uh, we created a commercial for one of Wait, Dan, Dan. Yeah. It's Ken Salois. No, no, it's Ken Solois. <sighs> Didn't we go over this? I tried, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, um, let me fire this commercial up here, guys. And I'm excited about it. It's uh, for one of our advertisers, Soko Heli Tools. All right, so here we go. Here's, here's the, the, the newest spot that we made for Soko Heli Tools. In a world where 22 degrees of pitch just doesn't cut it, one tool, all setups, all sizes, all brands. Soko Heli Tools, a unique setup methodology. Soko Heli Tools, coming to a web page near you at www.soco-heli-tools.com. Set up different and Soco your heli. Dude. Very cool. That is such a cool commercial. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought I'd play that during the news section just to kind of, it's kind of the, I don't know, man, it's like the latest uh, incarnation of <laughs> what we're going to be doing. A, the music really kicks it up a notch, it does. dude. It does. And the vocal effects that Ken's got going on there, it's just, it sounds really neat. And of course, uh, just a huge thanks to Soko Heli Tool for uh, supporting the show, and we encourage you guys to, to give them a shot. Uh, if you're more interested in learning more about it, you got the URL, but also, too, remember Nick did a review on the Soko Heli Tool, so... Give that a look there in our review section. And that's all I have for news. So I guess we're done because Justin doesn't have any. Jesse, you got any news? Oh, that's right. Jesse's not here. He's slacking. No compass news. (laughs) No compass news. All right, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. You know what's awesome, guys? is being able to run the same brand of battery for all my RC needs. I'm able to put a Genzace battery in my transmitter, on my multi-rotor, use them for receiver packs, and then of course, my main flight batteries for my electric helis. 
This guarantees a high level of performance that I can count on day after day, which is very important when we have so much money wrapped up into this hobby. So the next time you need batteries, head on over to hobbyparts.com and pick up a set of Genzace batteries. So we have one order of quick business. It was inevitable. Yeah. But yeah. Well, we're we'll, we're going to sum this up quickly. Uh, there was, uh, and, and I say was, uh, I guess it should be is, uh, there is some issue, despite my efforts to clear this up beforehand, there was some issue with, on Heli Freak with uh, our listeners posting their citizen numbers and their signatures. Um, it was never intended by us to, you know, to spam Heli Freak or anything like that. Uh, you know, it was just a way that we could be able to see everyone for for the giveaway thing and share what we do. Uh, this apparently is is not okay with them, and I want to be very clear to everyone. You know, we when you go and visit someone's house, you respect their rules. Doesn't matter if you agree with them or if you don't. It's their house and it's their rules, and we really do. You know, we support everyone in this hobby. Everyone is a part of the nation, regardless if you got a citizen or not. If you fly, you are. So um, I'm going to ask, you know, I'm not going to tell you guys. Do it, you know, do as you see fit. But uh, we are requesting, uh, out of respect uh, for Heli Freak and their rules, um, you know, please go ahead and remove those if you don't mind. I'm not going to tell you. It's not like where anyone's going to get mad. If you, if you don't, that's your right. I'm totally cool. But, um, you know, we don't. We do not want to cause any issue in this hobby with anything that we do. I piss enough people off enough as it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, it's okay. It's totally, it's okay with us. Uh, it's not worth any sort of drama. We just, you know, we're, uh, honestly, we're, we're too busy. We have too much stuff to look forward to, to try and let ourselves get drugged down with that. And it's not, uh. It's not a fight that we want. We just don't want to fight, you know. So please go ahead and do that. Um, yeah. So then we can kind of move on from that. And and uh, I've I've explained that that we're gonna, you know, that I would ask everyone to do that to Will over at Heli Freak, and he appreciates that. So uh, yeah, please do that, guys. And then there just won't be any more problems. Sounds reasonable to me. Yeah, works for me, dude. Hey, man, we got. We got so much stuff going on. We can't, yeah. can't be stressing dealing about that stuff. <laughs> it was innocently motivated, but we're moving on. That's right. We got fun flies. From Hollywood, it's the Nation versus Citizen Quiz Show. With your host, Dan Reed. And his wonderful co-hosts, Nick, Jesse, and Justin. And now, here's your host, Dan Reed. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. 
and welcome to the Nation vs. Citizen Quiz Show. All right, guys, here it is. We it's it, It's been requested. People have been wondering when we're going to do it again. We had a fun time doing it last time. This is the second quiz show. Now we still haven't come up with we still haven't come up with a very cool name. Quiz show is kind of lame. You guys must agree. <laughs> yes, it is. We'll work on that. <laughs> so we have with us tonight Keith Robertson. Hello, Keith. You're from sunny Southern California. Oh man, it's been beautiful. Yeah, and we hate you for that. Another warm, warm weather dick. <laughs> warm weather dick. So we're just going to get right to it. Uh, here are the rules. We've got 10 questions. We get one point for each question answered correctly. And we have four tiebreaker tie questions. Should there be a tie? You get to pick out of Justin and Nick who you want to challenge. And then you get a pick if you want to go first or if you want uh, whoever you pick to go first. First of all, I, first of all, first of all, I <laughs> I need I'll take uh, for uh, English grammar for 400 first of all, please, Alex. <laughs> Get off my back. I swear Sorry. to god. Keith, who 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 is uh who are you going to challenge tonight? Gobble gobble. That's got to It's got to be yeah. Justin. That's Justin. It's the All right. <laughs> okay, so Sweet. The next question is, do you want to go first or would you like Justin to go first? Uh, how about Justin going first? All right. So here's what we're going to do. I am going to mute you on Skype. Okay. See if I can do that without hanging up on you. No, I'm pretty sure Keith, you can't hear me right now, right? Keith can't hear me because he's a girly boy. <laughs> Keith is oh, Keith's okay. going down. Keith can't hear us. All right, Justin, are you ready? I think that I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. Question number one. What is the max charge current of a 1300 milliamp battery that can be charged up to 5C? 6.5 amps. All right. This one's a little harder. What was Stanley Hiller's principal contribution to the flybar system of stabilization? The Bell-Hiller control scheme. Uh, the addition of paddles is what okay. we came right. up with. Nope. That's fine. So... Who's keeping track of uh, points here? Nick, you want to do that? Nick's gotta. Uh, okay. <laughs> one. I've got one point. One I'll point help so you. I better get a piece of paper. <laughs> All right. So question number three. This is a multiple choice question. Let me read through the answers. One of these answers is incorrect. Okay. You ready? Yep. There will be four answers. Your globe plug temperature range is too hot when the engine suffers from pre-ignition and loss of power. The engine power is weak or has weakened from previous levels. The overall engine running is rough. The glow plug filament is broken or collapse, collapses frequently. So I have to answer which one is not that which, correct? Which one is not correct? Okay, the glow plug is broken or collapses frequently or however you called it. We have the engine power is weak or has weakened from previous levels. All right, number four. On a Scorpion 4530, 540 kV motor, what is the thickness of the stator and what is the, the diameter of the stator? 
30 millimeters thick, 45 millimeters diameter. Very good. Very good. Okay, here's one. You should get this one. What does KDE mean in KDE Direct? Oh, dude. Oh, uh, K- Kegler Design Engineer. There you go. <laughs> that one almost got me, dude. All right, number six. If your ESC timing is mid-range and you want to get more power at the expense of battery drain, would you increase or decrease the timing? Increase. Ding, ding, ding. You keeping track, Nick, because I already lost track. Yep. Number right. seven. Name two types of windings in a DC electric motor. Y and delta. Ding, ding, ding. Very good. What does CCPM stand for? Collective cyclic pitch. I drew a blank. Five seconds is up, dude. Dude. (laughs) Dang. What's the M? Why am I forgetting? Mixing. Mixing. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is number nine. Who won the Helimasters professional class in 2013? Oh, dude, I can't remember this crap. (laughs) Kyle Dahl. Very good. Yep. That was a guess, by the way. Number 10. And final question. Who got second place in the same competition? Jamie Robertson. Final answer? Yes. Duncan Bosian. Bosian? Bosian. Man. (laughs) Not bad, though, All right, what's the score? What do you come up with? Pretty bad. We got six right, four wrong. All right, let's bring Keith back. Keith, can you hear me? Yes. All right. Do you want to know how many Justin got right before you start, or you just want to go right into it? No, I want to know at the end. All right. Are you ready? Are you scary? Give, give me a second. <laughs> got to psych myself you better up. put your smart panties on. There's some tough ones in this one. All right, let's do it. No pressure, Keith. No pressure. Here we go. On the line, an RCHN hat and a $50 gift certificate. Uh-huh. High stakes. Here we go, number one. What is the max charge current of a 1300 milliamp battery that can be charged up to 5C? Uh, 6.5 amps. Very good. Right. What was Stanley Hiller's principal contribution to the flybar system of stabilization? The Bell Hiller system? You know, I'm going to wonder if that's not right because that you both came up with that and the, the the answer that we came up with was addition of paddles. I gave the exact same yeah, answer, so Keith. Let's let's. I, you know, I honestly don't know whether what I said or he said is right, but that was my guess. So we'll we'll dis- after this we'll discuss where that source was from and we'll determine whether or not we should give you guys that one. Okay, but okay. for right now they're both wrong until further discussion. Yep. <laughs> this is a work in progress here. Yeah, if they're both right, it doesn't doesn't affect. <laughs> okay, the score number three. So are they both Relative. wrong or both right? They're both wrong as of now. We'll okay. discuss it when we're done here. We'll make okay. we'll make an executive decision here in a minute. It might not matter. It might not matter. That's true. Okay, number three. This is a multiple choice question. You're going to hear a question and then four possible answers. One of those answers will be wrong. Okay? Okay. The question is, 
Your glow plug temperature range is too hot when, one, the engine suffers from pre-ignition and loss of power. Two, the engine power is weak or has weakened from previous levels. Three, the overall engine running is rough. Four, the glow plug filament is broken or collapses frequently. Which one of those is wrong? Could you repeat two and three? Two is, the engine power is weak or has weakened from previous levels. Three is, the overall engine running is rough. Three, I'm, I'm more of an electric guy. Uh, which, which one? I don't you? know. Number three, final answer. Oh, number two. Oh. Number two. Oh, shoot. You had a chance, though. You you narrowed it down, and you, you almost got it. All right. It's close. Number four. On a Scorpion 4530 540kV motor, what is the thickness of the stator, and what is the diameter of the stator? Uh, the diameter would be 45 millimeters. The thickness or height would be 30 millimeters. Very good. Very good. Nice. Nice. All right. Okay, here we go. Number five. What does KDE mean in KDE Direct? Uh, you know, that's a great question. <laughs> Out of time, my friend. <laughs> Too short. The answer is Kogler Design Engineering. Got me on that one. All right. I do have a lot of their products, though. <laughs> Make good stuff. <laughs> Number six. If your ESC timing is mid-range and you want to get more power at the expense of battery drain, would you increase or decrease the timing? Uh, you would increase it. Very good. Nice. Okay. Name two types of windings on a DC electric motor. Uh, YY and Y Delta. Uh, I'm gonna have to defer that one to you guys. I got Delta and Y. Is that is that or- close? Is that close enough to be correct? It's either Y or Delta or YY. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking Transformers. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. What does CCPM stand for? Uh, collective and or cyclic and collective pitch mixing. Very good. All right. Nice. Okay. We're, we're yeah, the- very nice, dude. I couldn't remember the mixing part on that stupid <laughs> question. <laughs> okay, here we are at number nine. Who won the Heli Masters professional class in 2013? Uh, Time's up, my friend. Uh, well, you said Bobby, you came in kind of in the kind of right on the timer. But you're incorrect. It's not Bobby Watts. It's Kyle Dahl. Oh, Kyle Dahl. Okay. Okay. Tenth and final question. Who got second place at that same competition? Bobby Watts? Nope. Unfortunately. I'm not sure. Duncan Bossian. Oh, okay. So. Dude. Where are we at? You were close. Close? You you were actually really close. Justin got uh, six correct. And you got four correct. Oh, dude, they were really, really close. Really close. I thought, I thought for sure if you would have guessed Kyle Dahl, that that would have put it at like, oh my gosh. Then we would have had to really scrutinize that other question. We would have had to really kind of take yeah, go back and. <laughs> Thankfully, dude, we don't have to do that. You know, uh, 
I was laughing at Nick when he did it the first time, but five seconds is not a lot of time. And even if you know the answer, it takes at least a couple of seconds to process it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's it's a challenge. Those questions. I don't know how those can... guys on Jeopardy do it. <laughs> no, I'm with you, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, those were way challenge. better questions. Good questions. Those were great questions. <laughs> I agree. Those were awesome. I had some help with uh, Dieter, gave me some help with some questions, and so did a listener on the chat room. Those were some great questions, by the way. Definitely stepped it up from uh, round one, I'll have to say. Well, that's because I knew you were going to be here and I couldn't have you win. I was hoping that <laughs> we were going to do the tiebreaker because <laughs> I wanted to see the heli related tiebreakers. Do you want to... So we didn't have to deal with like geography and <laughs> I still can't believe Nick did as well as he did on the geography tiebreaker. I'm an awesome guesser. That was, that was a lot of fun. Good, good, good game. Yeah, dude. No, that was a lot of fun. Hey, you still get a hat, man. Right on. Dude, that's it, great because I mean, it's it's so sunny here in Southern California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 he's rubbing, he's it, rubbing in. it in. Do you already have a hat? Um, a, a black one, yes. But I was uh-huh. literally there. You go. You like got to get a, the white. A week away from ordering that white one because that looks pretty slick. Absolutely. Very so, nice. so just so I want to give some credit to to of course Dieter for helping with the questions, and Christopher uh, from the chat room. Great questions, guys. Thanks for helping me through that. Keith, man, good job. You know, it was it. Uh, the questions were a little more succinct this time. I think we learned something from the last uh, last try. And uh, we're going to hopefully, we're going to continue to do this once a month. It's a lot of fun. You know, at least we didn't have to spend 50 bucks this time. Hey, I had a, I had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> you got off cheap this time. Got off cheap. No, Hey, thanks for spending some time with us. It's been, been a lot fun. of fun. And uh, uh, go get some flying, you warm weather dick. I got to wait for the sun to come up. Oh. It's going to be, what is it, 89 degrees tomorrow? Something like that. Yeah, poor guy crazy. All right, Keith, we're going to let you go and we're going to get on with the show, man. Thanks for hanging out. Have a good one, man. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So, Dan, you know how I've been taste testing a lot of different helis lately. Well, I think it's about time to try out a new flavor. I'm wondering if you've got any suggestions for me as to what to look at next. Dude, did you not read Nick's review on the Blade 700X? Man, you've got to head over to Blade Helicopters and check out their new Pro Series helis. Oh man, you're right. That 700X looks like it's just the ticket. Well, I'm off to www.bladehelis.com to check out my next flavor. So, moving along, um, we're going to take a bit of a different angle you know sometimes we get we get talking about stuff and um we whatever the topic might be and we kind of we kind of forget that a good portion of our listeners are relatively new to the hobby and that was kind of brought about by the 450 talk that we had last week yep um you know sometimes you get to a point where you're just you know you, you kind of forget that when we're when we are talking about this stuff, we might be kind of uh, stepping over some people's understanding of what's going on. In particular, we're just going to kind of go over some of the nuances of being a new person in the hobby in various different forms. We're just going to let the conversation go. 
Um, you know, the, the idea being etiquette, you know, that's a, that's kind of a big topic that new people, you know, a lot of us just kind of take for granted that have been in the hobby mm-hmm. for a while. Being proper, you know, um, and not just etiquette in being a new person, but how about etiquette in dealing with a new person? Absolutely. You it know, goes both that's ways. just as important. It goes both ways. And typically it's tough for a new person, especially if you go into a forum because, uh, and it doesn't, you know, any forum and it's not, it's not, uh, it's certainly not just our hobby. If any of you ever visit any other forum that is dedicated to another hobby or topic, it seems to me that new guys, when they ask questions, they get kind of maybe railroaded a little bit Mm -hmm. and they're like, why are you, what? Yep. Why didn't you just do a search? You know, how many times have we seen that? Google's your friend. Google's your friend. Yeah. Oh. So first of all, I want to just say, don't you know? It's tough. I, I get that. It's tough, but don't let those comments discourage you. And we talked before in the past when we've had this kind of topic. It's, it's that filter. You've got to you've got to realize that a very small percentage of those things you read are going to be useful to you, and you need to learn to be able to filter some of that stuff out. Yep. I can tell you from my experience, I'm going to throw Ed under the bus here a little bit. Um, when dealing with a new person or a newer person, or even maybe somebody that isn't necessarily new, but sometimes have a hard, they have a hard time wrapping their head around concepts and, and they don't stick real well. So they find themselves, Ed in particular, asking <laughs> the same question over and over. And that gets pretty frustrating for us guys. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you would agree with that, wouldn't you, Nick? Oh, yeah, no. It's 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 very hard, especially when you don't have a lot of time. It's like uh where Exactly. You, not, you take it personal. Like were you, you not listening? Yeah. When, did you not listen did you to not me? Did you not listen yeah. to what I said? Well, a lot of those concepts to us when you have experience with various different things, a lot of those concepts don't need explanation. Uh and uh, you know, I find it with Ed and I in particular, uh, he, you know, he, he will start, you know, we'll be talking about head speed. For example, I'll give you an example. Recently, Nick, you helped me set up the uh, governor and the icon. Mm-hmm. And we went to do the endpoints for the governor and the icon. Well, those numbers just coincidentally kind of started resembling the head speed numbers. Oh, gotcha. So. Yep. So we, we we set the governor up and we we set the head speeds and then we went to set the endpoints. And that's just one example where Ed is like he's all of a sudden thinking that I'm doing something to the head speed and he's not making the connection gotcha. of endpoints. And it's really easy to get frustrated with that, especially when you feel like all you're doing is wrenching and you're not really flying, which to be honest with you, I've been feeling that way for, for a while, getting those helicopters going, but they're all pretty much set up. You know, you've got to remain patient with these guys, um, as tough as that might be. And at the same time, those of you who are getting the advice, uh, let's start with advice. That That's a big one, too. And, and um, you know, if you're asking somebody for help and they take the time to help you, do something to your helicopter, you know, listen to it and try it 
and then maybe change it if you feel like it's not, you know, don't, don't get their advice and then immediately disregard it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you kind of, and, and you know, you were hitting on it a little bit, Dan, where, you know, especially when you go to the forums and the internet, half the stuff you read on there is BS, right? So you kind of have to develop a filter. You got to have some judgment there. And to a certain extent, you got to do the same thing in person with someone, say someone's helping you out at the field, has offered to give you help. If if based on what you know, you're not you're not confident that what they're telling you is correct, then, you know, be subtle, beat around the bush a little bit more and say, hey, you know, I don't quite understand that. Can you explain it again? Or I don't get this aspect of it. So you can try to understand things a bit better because there are, you know, there are people out there. You may be one of them or you may have dealt with one of them where you spend 15, 20 minutes explaining to someone and then they completely disregard everything that you just said. Yeah. And as far as etiquette's concerned, that can be frustrating if you're the teacher, you know, because you've put that time in. And unless you're an idiot, which there are people out there like that, <laughs> then chances are your experience dictates that what you're telling this person is probably pretty darn close to the truth or the right way to do things. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the, the toughest parts is how do you, you know, you go, you ask a question, you start hearing that question, and it, it just sets off your, oh, this doesn't sound right. <laughs> like, you know, now you're in that weird, <laughs> awkward situation where they're, they are, like, with a heartfelt, they're they're giving you what they believe is an honest answer, and it's just totally you've got every you know alarm going off in your head like this is a bad idea bad idea you know you have to be kind of sensitive in that situation because they're they are really trying to help and that's important to them um Mm -hmm. so you know rather than just say okay go around immediately turn around and not do it um you know there's little things that you can be like okay awesome i'm i'm adding I'm adding all of these suggestions to a list, so I'm going to keep going down my list, but I'm definitely going to try that, you know, after I've knocked a couple of these other ones off. Yep. And then you kind of leave yourself with that, you know, that room of, hey, I might not try it today, so you might not see me do it today, but thanks, I'm going to go for it. I hate to say it's okay to lie that way, but, you know... uh, well, and in reality, I mean, how often does this happen? Probably not a lot. No, but it can create, I mean, you know, let's face it. When we get out, I think a lot of this happens at the, you know, the smaller clubs. You've got four or five heli guys, right? Maybe six, seven mm-hmm. heli guys that hang out and everyone is is interactive with each other. And you've got your techie guys, your non-techie guys, guys that think they're techie guys, <laughs> And you really don't, the hobby's so small and everyone can have so much fun. It's just not worth it. You know, it's not worth it to to battle and be right all the time. I learned that saying this week. Um, if you, what, oh man, now I got to think of how it goes. Something to do with um, if you win all of your battles 
it will somehow end up. Ah, never mind. I can't even remember the damn thing. <laughs> well, no, it's like if, if you you can win all the time, but you'll end up being alone all the time. That's it. So you can go out there and be the guy that knows everything, but you'll probably end up flying by yourself a lot. That's kind of what I'm trying to yep. get out. True. So you you know it's just not worth picking all the battles, but respect that that person is is taking time out of their day to really try and help you out. One thing I I would kind of like to address too, along those lines is you might find yourself asking a question or getting help on a helicopter, and uh, maybe it's you know it's in the afternoon, whatever the the weather's great, the, the you know it's uh, especially in the spring, guys have, are itching to get out and fly. Someone might be willing to help you with a problem, but they're not necessarily at that moment in time, ready to be teaching you. They just want to help you get your problem solved. Mm-hmm. So it might be, it might feel like a rapid fire exchange and they're just making tweaks, making changes. And as long, you know, you first you got to predetermine whether or not you trust that person to do this to your helicopter. And most cases you would know that person, but you know, <sighs> It's it's a tough one, but sometimes maybe you need to choose whether or not you want to slow somebody down that's helping you to maybe ga- gain a fuller understanding. Maybe sometimes use your judgment and decide to, with yourself, well, maybe I should just observe and, and soak in what I can to not use up so much of this individual's time that's willing to, to help me get my heli mm-hmm. flying again. I mean, that's that's not an ideal learning situation. I get that. But that's, you know, that's a really tough situation for both people, right? Because, okay, let's say you're the teacher and I come and ask you, hey, Dan, can you help me out with this? I can't figure it out. And you immediately in your experience recognize that this is going to take you more than a couple of minutes and you just want to get those last few flights in. So that puts you in an awkward situation. And and as the as the student, I want to learn from you and you're buzzing through this stuff, but I want to get flying too. In, in my hope is that you're going to fix my heli so that I can go and fly. So it's, it's a tough situation in, uh, in either person's shoes. And what I really suggest, and I've seen this happen a lot at my club and I really like it. We've got a lot of people at my club that have a lot of experience and, and know how to troubleshoot that kind of stuff. They've been flying for a long time, and what tends to happen, actually, is that one person may go up to someone else and ask them the question, but the whole club gets involved, and so if you've got like six or eight guys there on a Saturday or a Sunday, all of a sudden, you as the teacher don't have to feel like you're giving away your entire flying day, because your buddies are going to come out and help, and you can kind of, you know, get everyone involved Go and put in a flight. They'll still keep talking. Bring your heli back to the bench. You're refueling. You're charging. Pop back into the conversation. That sort of a thing. Yeah, but that can be tough, and, dude, because if you're the one asking the question, you're sitting there in front of, you know, five or six or seven guys, and they're just dishing out opinions left and right, and it's like, oh, no, check this. Oh, oh okay, I got to check what, and then you want me to do this, and you want... And then you could run into that situation where you didn't, you know, it just blew over your head the one suggestion that, you know, Joe over here made. Well, now Joe's pissed because you didn't try his. 
It was no, just that's too much. Fair. That is that is right. that is fair, but at the same time, and it's not ideal, and I get that, I understand that, but when time is a factor, um, you know, let's say you've only got a little bit of time, and, and you know, part of the problem is, especially well, in my situation in particular. When we're working on a helicopter, and I don't necessarily know what's going on, it's it's really kind of hard to to teach specifically when I'm actually troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. When I don't right. really know what's happening, but I'm I'm going through the process. You're still trying to figure it out, and they're expecting to to learn from. Yeah, and it's so uh, you know, and you're making decisions, and you're trying things rapidly, and sometimes you just want to get through an issue. You know, and then maybe try to explain it when you're done, because once you understand what the problem is, once you've figured it out, finally, it could be something simple. It could be something that's not simple. But once it's done, then maybe you can take the time to say, okay, here's what the deal was. You know, I had to try five or six different things. I know it looked like I was kind of moving quick or I was, you know, just randomly doing stuff. But here's what I did. Here's here's what I was looking at. through it. Dude, I get that. Almost on a daily basis at work, believe it or not, because I will get ones that are handoffs, uh, maybe from some of the lesser experienced techs, and they want to learn. So they'll kind of come over, you know, hey, so so what you checking, what you this, and I, I mean, when I work, I'm a like a weird Picasso. I mean, I'm I'm all over the place. You know, because it's everything's going on up in my head, but I I can't get that out in a smooth and manner that's going to make any sort of sense. Now, once I get it figured out, then I can stop, go back, and we'll work through the process of how I got there exactly, and filter out all the all the little nuances and weird things I did along the way. Um, and I think that's that's a very powerful teaching tool in itself. I think because. I don't know about you, and I'm sure, Nick, you do this. Uh, Justin, you probably do it as well. I'm sure Jesse does. When you are looking for a problem, you talk to yourself. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I talk to myself when I'm not looking for a <laughs> and problem. And see, I have found with, <laughs> I've, I've found with Ed in particular around. that when I'm talking to myself, I'm not talking to Ed, but I'm trying to reason through something out loud. It's, it's mm-hmm. totally sounds like, it must sound like mumble to him. Yep. And he's wanting yep. me to stop. I have to stop what I'm thinking about and and try explain and explain to him. each and little yeah. And you lose your yeah. you lose it. You lose the flow. So uh, so yeah. So as a beginner or as the student in that situation, if it is a troubleshoot shooting situation, you've got to be respectful of the fact that this person's gonna take their time to help you out, but they have a process and everyone's process is different. But based on their personal experience, they've got a process that they go through and they want to be able to focus and help you and fix your problem. So let them kind of get through that and then you can start asking those questions. Oh, man. See, this is one of those very (laughs) teeter-totter balancing acts because if you – the last thing you want to do is go over there, explain your problem, set your helicopter down, and walk away. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then it's oh, like, no, no, no. Well, you want me to fix it? But <sighs> I can tell you, <laughs> someone over here with the name of Nick does not particularly troubleshoot all that well with someone breathing down their neck. That really bothers me. You know what I mean? So 
that's that's one of those like very tough situations where what so so what I do is when someone comes up to me, hey, can you take a look at this? Yeah, yeah, you bet. So I will take a quick assessment. I mean, quick look at the helicopter in general. How bad is this? I mean, really. I've had some people hand me some, hey, you want to take a look at my Blade 400? And I kid you not, it looks like someone beat it with a shovel profusely. And so... The head's on upside down. There's no tail rotor. I will spend, you know, five minutes. I I think that five minutes is is a perfectly fine amount of time. I'll kind of look at it. If I find something in that five minutes that's obvious or I can give them a task to go do, that's great. If not, I'll say, okay, you know, here's the deal. Um, I really want to help you figure this out, but I think this is going to take a little bit more time. If you want the best quality of Nick's work, um, I'll say, you know, is there a time when we could just sit down when it's not, you know, the middle of the day or something like that? Maybe we come out to the field early, you know, uh, meet up at a pizza place, whatever. But actually give them... I am willing to give them my time and my focus when it's when that's all that I'm focusing on. Yeah. Um, yep. That's better for me. I mean, that works out better, which you think, well, yeah, but you're going to put more time. Yeah, but I can, I, I'm not thinking in the back of my mind, God, I just want to fly. Okay, wait a minute. What, what was I going to tweak or what was I going to tune or what setting this and that, you know, and then have them coming back in between. I mean, I've had it to where every time I fly, I'm walking back. You know, I turn, I I pick up my heli to turn around, walk back, and there's a guy with his helicopter standing there rattling off questions. You know, well, I'll, okay, so I did this and I did. Well, what about this and what about? And I'm like, holy crap, dude! You know, <laughs> you're all over me now. I can handle that, but not particularly very well when I'm flying. So I would rather give them more time, and only for a limited amount of time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather give them more time uh, when it's not flying time and i just i'm very upfront about that well and you know what dude that brings up to me that brings up a really good question as the student as the beginner the noob what's too much to ask of someone to help troubleshoot or to help them with their problems I mean, you talked about a guy, and this has happened to me before, too, where they roll up to your bench, drop the heli on the bench, and say, can you figure this out? And then they walk away. That's too much. That is too much. That is, uh, yeah, unless they, unless you're asked to do that. Well, you know, we've been it, at Fun Flies where I've, you know, someone, our listeners, they're just awesome. They come up, hey, I've got an issue. I know you're busy as hell. Um Come find me when you have the time. So I'll go over, talk to him. Okay, great. We're going to need a little bit of time. Can you just set it on my table over there? And then when I get a minute where I can focus on it, I could, oh, yeah, you bet. No problem. I mean, that's kind of your, yes, your best that's way That's different, go. though. That's different than someone walking up and saying, hey, I got a problem. My tail was doing something and made a funky noise. Do you think you could help? And then you turn around to turn your charger on, and when you turn back, there's a heli on your table and no one anywhere near it. I won't. See, I won't even touch it. And that, that to me, that pisses me if off. If that went down like that, I wouldn't even touch it until they came back. Yeah. And I would be like, okay, so what do you got going on? And I would politely let them know, I'm not working on this unless you're going to be involved in it somewhat. 
Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Let me give you guys an example of something like that very thing that, that happened to me, a very specific example. Um, so I was talking to one of the guys at, our cl- at my club who had been flying helis. In fact, when I first started, he was the guy that had to inspect all my stuff before they would let me fly it at the field. So I know that he's not, he's not a complete new guy. I mean, there are things that you would assume that he would be able to do uh, considering he also flies like 120 cc airplanes. So there are things that you would assume that he should be able to do. Mm-hmm. But he gets a little, he's a little confused with the fly bar or the fly barless stuff because when he was flying helis, it was all fly barred. So um, we talked about this before I went to the field, you know, the fact that he wanted to put a Beast X on on one of his helis. And so <laughs> I'm I'm sitting there looking at one of my helicopters and he pulls up and he sets his helicopter down and says, well, here it is. And he turns around and walks away and starts bullshitting with the guys on the other side of the field. Ooh. Now, there, there are certain oh, parts no. of that that he could have absolutely done. Um, and I, I, I would have gladly said, well, grab your wrenches and here's the things you can do before you need me to start showing you or helping you. Mm-hmm. He wasn't interested in that. He was interested. And, and another aspect of that was, you know, I'm not going to, you know, we all remember back when the, the Beast X came out, you know, that, that initial that initial learning curve of understanding the lights and how it all works. Once we understood it, it's super easy to do, right? We can all do it real quick. But you had to, you know, you had to read a little bit to understand how to get through the menus and what they did. Mm-hmm. He just w- was not interested in that. Oh, I remember you yeah. telling us about this dude. Yeah. And um Yeah, yeah. He just he would just he his, his demeanor was such that oh, I just don't get this. I'm like, "Come on, man. You you're you're not wanting to get it. You're wanting me to set it up so you can go fly." Yeah. You you don't you're not wanting to learn how to do this. You're you're telling me it's too complicated because you don't want to put in the effort. And I told him that. He no longer flies helicopters. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't. It's you know when you have a number of helicopters, as you guys both know, it, it's tough enough to maintain your own fleet because when you start. And back then, I had way too many helicopters. Uh, you know, you do too. You end up doing far too much wrenching. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to do is just uh, have someone assume that I am going to set their heli up. Now, if he would have sat down with me. I would have gladly went through the whole process because back then I had all day at the field all day long. Wasn't it? There right, wasn't a right. time issue for me. It yeah. was, a, it was the principle of it. You know, those are the things that you don't want to do. If you're going to ask somebody for help, be, be involved. But you, you know, again, that kind of goes back to the thing where Nick's saying, I don't necessarily want someone breathing down my neck. You got to kind of be able to judge that essentially social interaction. Yeah. And make that call. You know, and, and you need to show some effort. Um, yeah, whatever happened to uh, whatever happened to taking notes? 
<laughs> I mean, I know that yeah, sounds... Yeah, I've seen one or two people do that, like, on their phone or on a notepad, but more often than not, yeah. It's funny, it, you, it mention, doesn't... It's funny you mention that. Ed has got a notebook chock full. And see, you know what? I love that. I don't care if it takes me ten times to explain it to you before you get it. I am completely okay with that if I feel that you are trying your hardest. I would it just you know a better, what I mean? You're a better person. <laughs> well, no, I, I really am okay with that. Uh, but yeah, I've had I, people that I've shown how to set up a beast X, you know? Uh yeah, so I got this other one. Can you help me? Oh, um, you know what um what what step are you ha- you know, what step are you struggling with? Oh, I was just kind of thinking, you know, we could uh you know, we could just like do it. Set it up right here on the bench. <clears throat> yeah, we could just we could just, you know, do it like it's like you don't even wanna try. And that but, I have no tolerance. Well, and as the teacher, you have to you gotta make a judgment call on whether that's what you're gonna get yourself into. But if you're the the new person or the student, don't do that, guys. I mean, you're if you continue down that path, you're not going to survive in the hobby because unless you stagnate and you don't move on from where you are, you're going to get to the point where you're working with increasingly more complex helis or fly barless systems or setups. And at some point, you got to know what you're doing to a certain extent. And back to that whole, you're a better person than I am. Let me tell you, the one thing about Ed, and in particular, yeah, I told you, he's got a notebook, and he actually has that notebook separated into his various helis, so he can keep notes wow, on specific. that's very organized, dude. But, but, um, he does. He, he puts in effort, man. He tries. He tries w- with everything that he's got, but personally, and he knows it, he can sense it, I know he can, and I know I exude it the frustration when when i find i just feel like ed how many times are you going to ask me that question and it's not for a lack of trying it's just that i think you know there's so much information that it 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 kind of starts to run together for him Mm -hmm. and like you know he's still flying a beast x he does have an icon on one unit which um i think he's finding easier but the beast x he, he still would get the steps kind of a little mixed up mixed up yeah. but he, he's Dude. got notes on it but you got to you got to take it from and i mean i know ed ed's got a lot more experience in general than like the fresh noob but we've all been oh, there yeah, right yeah, yeah. and and when you're in that situation dude you are just like drinking from a fire hose yep like especially if you're not used to you know, dealing with technology regularly. I mean, everyone can do Google and email, but those sorts of things like ESC programming or fly barless programming and tuning or all, you know, that sort of thing. If you're not around that or you don't have, you don't think that way, then it's even worse. I couldn't imagine being in some people's shoes like that because the fact that they stick it out and eventually become competent pilots is really pretty profound because it's a steep learning curve, especially the way we experienced people uh, 
can tend to treat them. Oh, and I'm not saying we, the three or four of us, but in general, as you said at the beginning, Dan, go to any forum on any hobby or sport and new guys get crucified. Yeah. So you got to be thick skinned. You, you got to And you have to you got to be able to tough it out. And I think we need to remember just how much it is. I mean, dude, I can remember sitting there, you know, when I got my first Futaba going, what the hell? I still do like, that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right? Exactly. So now now give that Futaba to someone who just started out, but they're they're trying to do the right thing because you know, they did their research, they put a ton of time into this and they found mm-hmm. out, you know, I want to stick out this hobby. This is a good quality radio and I'm just using that for example. Yeah, that's going to grow with me. That's going to that I'm not going to have to grow out of, so I'm willing to do it. Well, now you've got a radio they have no clue how to program. Now you have to just try and teach them the concepts of the mechanics, how the helicopter works. Oh yeah, and then by the way, we're going to slap a computer on top of it. And you know all those 48 menus in that radio? Yeah, we're only going to use like 3. Um, <laughs> but you got to learn how to turn all the the other stuff off or else it'll cause a lot of problems and don't bump a button on accident because it'll take you three years to find out what you did. You know, (laughs) that sort of a thing. It's just, it's so overwhelming. And, you know, going back to like what I'm going to do with David tomorrow, he had done everything right. He had, he'd done everything right. Going over watching videos. Hey, I've watched this. I've watched this. I'm at this point. I'm kind of struggling with this, and it was a it was a decision on my part. Okay, there's no question that we can hammer through this on the phone. Mm-hmm. But I know that he will get he will learn faster and more thoroughly if we just sat down and did it together. Yeah. Oh, dude, there's no substitute for FaceTime and hands-on experience. And yeah. and. You know, his response was, you know, his response is what makes it, it's what makes it, it's, it's why you want to help. He said, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I was, I've had this thing for quite a while and I was getting pretty bummed. I was kind of bumming out on the hobby because I tried my hardest and I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't sift through it. And he's in his early sixties. Dude, that's a, a mountain you're, you're undertaking there. Just a huge mountain. So at the end of the conversation, it's like, oh, no, dude, we'll get it all figured out. And and this could potentially change his whole outlook on the hobby from here on out. Yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, really, who am I to deny someone of that when it's, you know, it's half a day, whatever. And you could very well save him the frustration that may eventually lead to just saying, you know what, I'm done. Throw in the towel. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this anyway. I mean, because, again, we've all been there. We've all been in a situation where we're so frustrated. We're just like, I need to put this thing in the corner and walk away, and I'll get back to it when I get back to it. Yeah, and that sucks because I know how much fun that I have had in the hobby. And if, you know, I feel like, man, if if, if I can give anyone a quarter of that much fun, then it, it's worth my time for sure. And that one-time investment, I look at it like an investment, you know, especially mm-hmm. with the local guys. 
I'll I'll gladly sit down, spend a couple hours one on one going over something because you know what? They're gonna buddy up and they're gonna teach that stuff to the next person. And that's that's the key. I don't mean to be selfish, but that's all the less questions I get. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's no different than taking the time to write like a tech tip. Absolutely. Tech tip sucks. You got to sit down. You got to reword it. Double. You know, go back through it. This. Okay. Well, this. That. Okay. Yep. Nope. You actually have to like do it in your. You know, sometimes even do it in real life just to make sure you got it. But it's an investment. Because you can just say, oh, yeah, having problems with that? There you go, right here. And then check out this tech tip. And it just grows the club, it grows your local group because everyone starts getting educated and helping each other. And it's not everyone relying on one person. So, yes, I, I really do look at it as an investment. And that is absolutely the bottom line when it comes to helping people. It's all about sharing the heli love. <laughs> As frustrating as that can be sometimes, ultimately, the satisfaction. I know that Ed and I had some issues with that compass, and I could just, man, he was he was just happy when we got that thing flying the other day. I mean, he's, he's just- I bet relief. you you were too, I dude. Was too. I was too. I was like- And it's not even your heli. You know, and it, yeah, exactly. And it's it's just that he's like, you know what? It flies. That's awesome. You know, and that's that's great. That's a great experience. For both parties. It feels good to help someone as well, because like Nick said, then you know they're going to go and enjoy the hobby just as much as you have. I mean, there's almost no situation. I I hate to say never, but I almost never not help someone if they come and ask, unless they do the crap where they drop the heli on the table and walk away. You know what? you You can have your heli back. But as much as I may be thinking in my head, uh, I really want to fly right now. I always help people out. I I, yeah. I am going to counter that and say that I do not. How about that? Oh, I was if you weren't going to counter it, I was going to say that. <laughs> because you and I have had talks about yep, this. I have because there are I want to give them quality. And but there are times when I come out to the field and I only I have 1 hour and we have a review that we got going on, or I have something that, damn it, ah, okay. I just want to do, they'll, you know, we'll have people, hey, hey, this and that. I will keep a steady pace. I will carry on a nice conversation, but I will do my best to make it very evident that I am flying. And if they get to the point where they're like, hey, if you got a minute, I have no problem just being 100% honest and saying, dude, I would kill to help you out. I am more than willing to do it. Um, Right now, I just don't have the time. But then you counter it with, is there a time where we could sit down and and take a look at it? So I don't have the time right now, but I do want to help you. And I make that very, very clear. And I've never had one person get upset about it. And it works. It just, it works so much more beneficial because I can, you know, spend my next hour or two hours just banging out flights, doing what I wanted to do that day. And then we meet up and help them out. Yeah, see, I have three modes of operation. When I'm not in a hurry, I've got all day, and I feel like I'm getting done at the field what I came to get done, then it's not that big of a deal. I have no problem with it. I won't necessarily be banging out back-to-back flights because you're waiting for other people to fly. You know, you're sharing the flight line, that sort of a thing. 
and then that's not a big deal. I'd be happy to help. Then there's the second mode where if you see me, I'm talking to you and I'm multitasking and I'm answering your questions or providing suggestions, but I'm still plugging my packs in or I'm still programming the flybarless controller. And upon initial inspection, you might think this guy is an asshole. He's not even looking at me. That's me trying to help and yet still be productive, you know, if it's a review or testing or something like that. And then mode three is I cannot afford not to be productive on this visit to the field. And what that puts me at is either going to a field that I know no one else either will be at or will bother me at or going to my field at times when little or no people will be there. Yeah, I just and 60 acres is 60 acres tends to be my go to test field unless I can get out to my field early in the morning or on bad weather. See, that's the one benefit is I don't mind flying when it's lightly raining and most people think I'm crazy, so they don't actually show up. But that's not (laughs) I mean, I don't want people to take that the wrong way. I'm not that's not an avoidance thing. But, you know, like you said, Nick, sometimes you just you got to get something done. Yeah. And so that's a situation where if I was in a situation where someone was really in need of help. And I still needed to get something done. I'd make a judgment call, but it might be, hey, man, here's my number or get with me on Facebook or send me an email. I'd be happy to call you up on a weekday night or over the weekend when I'm not at the field and we can either set up a time or we'll work through it on the phone. Yeah. Well, and just as important, don't forget, got to get something done can also be if I don't get 15 flights in. I'm going to go insane. <laughs> well, that's that is fair. And the whole Absolutely, rest of the dude. world will suffer. So that is just as of high importance for me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Very good point. Precision. Speed. Torque. And power. We'd expect nothing less out of a servo put on the market by a guy that pushes his equipment to the absolute limits flight after flight. If they're good enough for Bert, then they're good enough for me. BK Servos. Keeping my heli feeling connected. www.bkservo.com I want to change the focus. I mean, we're still going to focus on the new guys, but I want to kind of I want to talk about a few and maybe we can kind of dummy down. Well, that's the wrong word. Maybe we can simplify, demystify some some major components. Um, let's let's talk about fly barless just just briefly, and let's let's simplify that down as best we can in a generalization. Now we um, we know that there's you've got the P and the I and the D gain. Now let's let's think about this from a very new guy's perspective. Can one of you guys give me? A brief explanation, if it's possible, what, how do each of those gains affect the flight? Basically, I'm asking this question because I want to know. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we, because you guys, we hear you guys talking about the gains and I had to adjust this gain, and I had to adjust that gain, but 
for the lesser ex- less experienced guys, can we talk about that briefly? Is that something we can talk about? I mean, is that is it we can? Is it awkward I, to say that you just don't need to? Is that unfair to say? I think it is. What do you mean by that? Well, Nick, I don't understand what you're saying. I, what I guess is it it feel it felt like to me that or it seems like to me that with the fly barless systems that are out there now and kind of what has become, you know, the 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 go to ones, B bar, Icon, B stacks, uh, those. It's not. How do I put it? You you learn about it at the time where all of a sudden you find that you need it. And I think that people get too caught up with trying to tweak before they really need to tweak, if that kind of makes sense. They have so many good presets and starting points in there. I will buy, I will accept that. I will. So let's maybe change. Maybe we need to change the focus of the flyer we're talking about. Okay. Let's say you're talking about Dan. <laughs> Okay. And, he, and he has a an icon. Okay. And it's flying pretty good out of the box. But Dan's at a level of flying that would probably be considered past beginner. Yep. And he's noticing some tendencies in various maneuvers that are per, kind of considered the the go-to beginner 3D moves, uh, TikToks, you know, both aileron and elevator. And they're sloppy still, but nonetheless he's noticing some weird tendencies and he I'm not quite grasping how each of those gains will affect how do I achieve a desired outcome I need to know what those particular gains are going to affect does that question make sense yep it does is that something that we can talk about that won't turn into like a a two-hour conversation (laughs) You are well, okay. So what this is what I'm gonna say. There have been a number of listeners in the last month that have been bugging me about having an in-depth flybarless controller and PID control discussion. Let's not make this that, because I still think we should do a whole show on it, but we can touch a little bit on it. And the you know, the the problem here, Dan, is that everyone learns and, and grasps things differently. And a lot of people would like an example where if you're trying to tune the fly barless controller and you've got something funky, they want you to be able to say, well, go up and do this. And you see when this happens, it's because of this gain. Yeah. It's- and that's enough for them to say, oh, hey. When my heli does this funky wiggle or shake or wobble, I know I've got to go and tune the eye gain. And then there are people that want to know what the eye gain is, theoretically speaking, so that they can apply that on their own to other challenges. And so most people are okay with the former, but there's an increasing number of people that I get asking me questions that want to know more of the details. And I think to to really become an expert tuner, you do need to understand those details. I hear you, Nick, on maybe you just don't need to know because nowadays there are just a lot of tuning parameters that they'll tell you to change and you'll eventually get there. Mm-hmm. But you, you, I mean, you and I have had 
countless hours worth of conversations about tuning theory and different games oh, and their Jesus. effects. Yeah. I mean, we had one today about tail problems and your elevator issue. Mm -hmm. And we weren't talking about, oh, well, we should try this, this, and this. We were talking theory. Yeah. So you eventually have to get there. We're going to do a quick example here, and then we'll move on. And we're going to go into more detail when we get to the Fly Barla show. So don't worry about it, guys, if you're, if you're the ones out there that want to get all of the theory. Okay? So we're not even going to talk about helicopters. We're going to talk about cars, all right? Now, in this case, there are going to be two of us. There's going to be Dan and Nick, and they're driving cars on the freeway. And what you want to do, let's say Nick is in the car behind Dan, and Nick and Dan are trying to keep themselves at a constant distance from each other. Nick wants to stay five car lengths away from Dan. Okay, so that he can just make out Dan's license plate. We're going to deal with P and I gain. Nick's P gain is going to determine how quickly he applies the brakes when he sees Dan's brake lights go on, or how quickly he applies the gas after braking to get back to his five car length. All right, so if Nick's P gain is too high, then every time he sees Dan's brake lights go on, he's going to slam on the brakes. Tires are going to screech, yep. then brake lights go off, and he's going to slam on the gas. Car's going to be all over the place. All right? So too high P gain, you're too sensitive to small changes. All right? And as we're going through it, think about how that relates to the helicopter. Yeah, that, that whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> wagging the tail. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Eye gain. Nick's eye gain is really there to try to maintain that five car length separation during times when he's braking and speeding up by looking at what the response of Nick's car is over time. Okay. And changing the brake or the gas pedal accordingly. Okay, so now Nick's just seen Dan's brake lights come on. He applies the, the brake, and maybe he applied too much, okay, because his P gain's kind of high. So he's fallen behind. He's now further behind than five car lengths. And what is he going to do? He's going to put his foot on the gas, all right? As, you, as Nick sees that he's approaching that invisible five car length spot, where he can just begin to make out Dan's license plate number, he's going to slowly lessen the pressure on the gas pedal until he just he just squeaks up to the five-car length distance. Okay, that's your eye gain. And the same thing for braking. When he sees the taillights, he's going to know, he's going to look at, well, how far inside my five-car lengths am I? And as a result, how much brake do I need to get? Or how does that brake vary? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just like with too high of an eye gain, if you get in the situation where it's too high, you're going to be sitting there traveling, you know, behind the car, constantly fiddling with the gas and the brake, 
constantly, and you're going to be hunting all the time, hunting all the time. It's a slower hunt, though, yeah. than with a P game. Yeah, but it's it's yep. this constant, you can't just settle in and relax. Mm-hmm. You have to be, uh, the gas, oh no, okay, a little bit of break. Oh no, a little yep. bit of gas, okay, a little bit of break. Again, if we relate that back to the heli, like in the tail, for instance, a little bit of gas, a little bit of break. Those slow tail oscillations that you see in a hover, just Mm -hmm. as an example. Yep. And the last one we'll talk just quickly because I get tons of questions on this one. Pre-comps, okay? Quite simply, now Dan and Nick are on the cell phone together. They're talking to each other. And Dan says, hey, Nick, I'm about to slow down. Now Nick can anticipate him slowing down and actually start to ever so slightly apply pressure to his brake to prepare for it. And if you do it right, if Nick does it right, then he won't have lost all that much ground on the five five car separation and will pretty much stay within a little bit of that five car distance on either end. And it doesn't really take all that much additional input for him to get there. That's what pre-comps are. That's right. Sweet. That kind of, that makes sense, Dan? I'm looking forward to the fly bar this episode. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I, you know, because I kind of feel like my flying is kind of getting to that point now where I'm starting to notice. And that is a good point, Nick, that you brought up before the explanation that Justin just gave us. Uh, it's like um, Ed's kind of at that Ed's at that point where he just needs a heli that can fly decently. Yep. He's not noticing little tendencies because he's not doing anything that really is going to push any of those No, nope. and you don't even want to mm-hmm. talk to him about it. I mean, seriously, it's like, no, don't. You can't <laughs> let people get caught up in, in over-tuning. Well, I think I need to yes. do this, and I think I need. Well, is my eye gain high enough? I don't know. Why? What's it doing not right? Well, I, I'm just curious. You know, no, you need to go out and put some stick time in. That's what you need to do. Just fly. Well, to kind of bring that whole back, that whole conversation back to to the newer guys, maybe that's that's definitely some good advice that we can give to you to those of you who are at that stage. You know, as tempting and sometimes you know we have these units that. Man, you turn on the screen and uh, you go to the advanced tab and you're like, oh, look at all. Look, yeah. Look at all these. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I got, I ha- they're here. I must uh, I must have to do something with them. Because I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, it's just been in the last, I would say, you know, last fall and this spring is where I'm finally starting to. And, and to be honest, and that's kind of where my. It's not confusion is not the right word, but um, I want to get these little tendencies tuned out mm-hmm. of my helicopter. But I don't, I don't, I, I'm not quite sure where to begin. Do I just start pushing sliders and seeing what happens? You know, yeah. what I mean? well, we can. I mean, there's definitely ways to to head you in the right direction. I think you you hit it. How do you know when the time is right? You you just honestly, you just kind of know. I mean, I remember. Yeah, back, you'll you'll figure it out. Back when you put the SK five forty on, you were like, "Wow, this thing is so fluid." I had no idea. It's just so this or so that. But then now, all of a sudden, you you know, how do I make? I like part of that. I don't like all of it, 
because there were some, you know, some negative tendencies at the end that you're seeing. Yeah. But, but you know, you started flying harder, and all of a sudden, wow, I like this feel. W- what settings give me that feel? And what settings take, you know, take the other things, the bad things that come along with it away? And th- I think that's when you know that it's time, is when you when you start seeing negative stuff. And that's that's a testament to how far these controllers have come. Because I did try fly part of this back in the 4.0 days. And there was nothing easy about that. Oh no, dude! Nothing easy at all. That was rough. And um, in fact, that I tried the 4.0, and uh, immediately went back to the fly bar. And I, as listeners of the show for a long time, even back into the original version, will remember. I, I swore. I mean, I created a spoof called Save the Fly Bar. That was partly in jest, partly because I wanted to do that. I, I was adamant. I was not going to switch to a fly barless controller because it was just that complicated. But did you fly it's 4. come 0? a long way, Justin? Yeah, that was my first fly barless. Do you remember the was a V bar 4.0? You remember the wag of death? Oh Dude, yes, I do. There was nothing that you would could do in this hobby to suck up underwear faster than get that V bar that V bar 4.0 tail wag of death. That some bitch mm-hmm. would flip a hundred and eighty degrees back and forth as fast as aerodynamically possible, <laughs> and your helicopter would sound like it was just on the brink of just completely exploding. And it was so scary when it did it if you didn't know what to yep. do. Yep. I mean, I remember it doing that. I took off and gave a little bit of tail. And that thing was doing it like five feet off the ground, 30 feet out in front of me. And I, I mean, I peed a little bit. It was so (laughs) scary. Been there. I'm glad those days are gone. It's come a long way, dude. Absolutely it has. I don't even know if I've ever had, like going with just normal default settings, I really don't. Man, I can't think of a time when I had one that was just hideous. Like to the point where it I wasn't can. comfortable. It was my V bar 4.0 fly bar well, to fly barless conversion on the 600 Nitro. You remember that? Yeah. We couldn't get it to stop shaking. And oh, it was at Snow Homish like four years ago. Bodos picked it up and, and like peed a little. <laughs> And like immediately throttle holded and landed the thing because he thought it was going to come out of the no. sky. <laughs> yeah, he's like, dude, I don't know what the hell's wrong with that. Yeah, send that thing in. <laughs> yeah, I would say the worst I had was actually the the recently actually the the blade on that. You know, pick it up into a hover. Oh, this isn't bad. Straight punch out and yeah, ninety degree tail wag and zing, there goes the torque tube gears on one punch out. Like. Wow, I remember this. The first time I ever took a Beast X, uh, I put a Beast X on my Vibe 50, JR Vibe 50, and um, I had it. I had it set up to for transmitter mode, and um, but I left the endpoint at a hundred. Mm-hmm. So I had a hundred percent gain, and oh. I took it. I lifted it off the ground, and it, it it did all right until I gave it a little bit of tail. 
and it just and then all hell broke it loose. Just freaked out, and I'm like, "What in the hell is going on, man?" It was something else. I got it down with no. I got it down without any damage, but I was only five feet in the air. So, but yeah, it's just crazy things like that. That doesn't happen with uh, as long as you follow. You know, I do know, like uh, for instance, the icon. It gives you a suggested tail starting point. Yeah. Which, Pretty effective, you know? Yep. I agree. I'm excited yep. to do the, the more in-depth one. We just want to make wow. sure we got time to do it right. So. I am, too. Yep. Yep. Okay. Speaking of that. Oh, speaking of in-depth, we yeah. got to bring it up. We are very, very, very close for probably the most exciting Digging In episode that, uh, in my mind, that we've done. I'm super I agree pumped. Completely. I am super pumped because this is going to go kind of hand in hand with all of this. We're going to get into some advanced level stuff, um, but we are going to we're going to teach you guys make you troubleshooting experts. That's right. Teach you how to not just my hell is doing this. What's wrong with it? But teach you how to troubleshoot. How to think in troubleshooting. That's right. Yep. You know, and those digging in episodes are really good. I'm, my favorite one that you, and I don't remember the number, um, but it was the governor one. Do you guys remember that one? The nitro gov? The nitro gov? Was it the nitro? No, it was the electric gov. The one where oh, you. Oh, number three. Oh, oh, yeah. Episode three. Man, With the did water that wheel. just. Yes, that just made all that stuff. Make, that yeah. was a lot of fun. That was like. That was a. Yeah, that was I liked one that of the. Episode. I mean, I felt like we actually wrote like a, like we did a movie. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. I, exactly. I had a whole movie in my head. And you know, since we're kind of talking about new guys, I I would encourage you guys uh, who you know you maybe you're new to the nation, or you haven't checked that episode out. Uh, you can go to our webpage and you can uh, go to the digging in link up atop. That's a. I mean, you will understand ESCs and electric governors completely if you give that episode a listen. It's a fantastic episode. So, Well, I, uh, I think uh, maybe we should wrap it up. What do you guys think? I'm thinking so, dude. I got to yeah. get some, I gotta get some <laughs> sleep. I got some wrenching to do you tomorrow. You got a big day some tomorrow. teaching. Yep. Well, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about our fun fly that's coming up. Well, of course. When is that? June? We would. June, what? June um, 26th <laughs> at 5 p.m. until the 29th. There you go. Deer Park, Washington. It's coming quick. Very quick. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, had a couple people get in touch with me about sending some stuff. Feel free to do that. Send me or any of the guys an email. We will let you know. And if you guys wanna, if you guys wanna know a little bit more about what we're gonna be doing, uh, we put up a Funfly page that some of you may have noticed on the website. If you go to the front page on the right, sort of middle of the page, there's a second annual Funfly banner. And if you click on that, that will take you to the Funfly page. There's a description of what's going on. Uh, where is it? When is it? Who's going to be there? Uh, some details on the field and then a description of some of the competitions, contests that we're going to be doing, our sponsors that are helping us get there. Again, thanks to Dave from Progressive RC. He is uh, sponsoring our fun fly. 
And then if you want to look at what happened last year, you can click on a link down below and it'll take you to just sort of a quick synopsis of our first fun fly in 2013. Uh, it has our trailer video linked there and then hundreds of pictures if you want to, you know, see what happened and who was there. So, yeah, head over there and we'll be updating that page as we get more information on who, what, where, when. And if you have suggestions for what you'd like to see or add to it, let us know specifically in the competitions. And, you know, in fact, last year we did bottle knock we did 60 second hover and you know i can't remember did we do aerobatic or precision autos? we did precision and it was okay like dude i i am blown away i have never ever seen so oh, much yeah. participation usually it's like pulling teeth to get anyone to do because there's always one guy who devotes his whole <laughs> you know post-retirement career to shooting autos within a dime yep. and it, it, everyone's like, oh, I don't want to go out. We had so many people and I, we were laughing, crying. Oh I dude, mean, it was a blast. Fifties or well, 600, 700. I mean, you name it. Everyone was out there doing it. And, uh, it, it was just a lot, a lot of fun. And then what kind of happened, uh, we didn't quite get enough for the aerobatic autos. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was, I couldn't remember what the situation was. Well, we've got it back on the list this year. So it'll be bottle knock, 60 second hover. We'll definitely do the precision. If we can get enough people to do the aerobatic, then maybe we'll pull that off. There's, of course, the infamous or famed, however you look at it, target bag award. And that's given to one person at the end of the fun fly. Uh, who drove it in the worst. <laughs> so if you're looking for the, and it comes with a prize, it's not just a picture and humiliation on the live Saturday night show. Yeah. <laughs> you will, you will get a gift certificate or uh, some item, you know, some giveaway sort of thing like that. I've also gotten a number of people who have asked or wondered uh, whether we would be willing or interested to do a speed competition or a drag race. So if there are others out there that are interested in that, get in contact with us, let us know. You know, there's a limit to how many competitions we can do here. But uh, if people if people push hard enough, if we'll they see want we it, come up with. we have the space. There's no oh, question. Absolutely. 2,200 feet of flight line. Yep. Paved flight line. Oh, nice. And... I don't know if you guys have checked your calendars lately, but Othello is like four weeks away, five weeks uh, away. That's right. I got some catching up to I'm do. I'm starting to feel it, man. Yeah, you <laughs> yes, you do. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Of course, that'll be our first live show of the year. And as always, those are so much fun to do. So stop by if you happen to be at Othello. Say hi. Let us know what's going on. Um, Facebook growing like wildfire still, uh, it shocks me every time I look at it. I think we're 3,400, something like that. Yep. 3,400. Starting to see a lot of, uh, uh, names on, um, uh, you know, less familiar names. So it means more people are kind of stopping into the chat room as well. Always somebody chatting there. So feel free to drop in there and say hi. Someone will, someone will shoot the shit with you for a while. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tech tips, reviews on the webpage. You got to check that stuff oh, out. Tech tips. We've been adding a bunch more recently. I got to give a huge shout out and a thank you, uh, Chris Trevi. Kind of worked with him a little bit, gave him a little bit of pointers, and he ran with it from there. Did a fantastic tech tip on how to make your own stick packs. Yeah. So a lot of those packs that you love to fly do not come in stick configuration. So there's a great write up there. Uh, I also recently added one. I was getting a lot of emails on Icon Governor setup with Castle, Scorpion, ESCs. So step by step procedures in there as well. Absolutely. So check that stuff out. And if there's a tech tip that you want, or maybe you think you have one, go ahead and let us know about that, and we'll take a look at it and um, go from there. Never know. Let's see. It. Uh, I guess maybe some emails, huh? What are we gonna, how, how am I going to get in touch with you, Nick, if I needed to? Uh, if you wanted to get in touch with me, you would send me an email at nick at rchellynation.com. How about you, Justin? You could send me an email at justin at rchellynation.com. Of course, you can send an email to the slacker, a.k.a. Jesse, a.k.a. the compass guy, at jesse at rchellynation.com. And uh, I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchellynation.com or Dan K. Reed on our forums. I think that about does it, guys. This has been episode 132. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next Monday. Happy spring. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by KDE Direct, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Genzase Batteries, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.